here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Do I have everybody's attention now? I'm so jacked up just thinking about this match, and I'm standing and pacing in my den. Mikazi now, he's not okay, so, so Mikazi, he's not a kid anymore. He's, he's a boy, he's a later. man. Yeah. He's, he's man Mikazi. Are you ready? He got PWS superstar playing Bob. <laughs> and he was gone in two minutes. <laughs> so it's in go Bernalis. In Nerablis. In Go Nerablis. You're missing a B there, but that's okay. There's a B? This is what I'm talking about. These letters don't go together. Oh, you're having a wank, are you? And it's like, no! Many, 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 many! You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. Next out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Cranch. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. All right, welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Podcast. I am Rich Cranch alongside, as always, the king of banter himself, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, how are you doing? I thought that um, you were just saying that flies only live for two days, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And you have a fly in your house that... Is that mosquitoes? Refuses to die. I thought it was gnats that only live for two days. Or maybe gnats. How long do flies live for? Let's see. Fly lifespan. Yeah, let's, let's. I don't know the life expectancy of a fly. I, I'm pretty sure the two-day thing is... Oh, 28 days. 28 days. Okay. All right. So you got... So I'm like halfway there with this fucking thing. You know, so a couple that's... more weeks. January 15th or so. <laughs> this thing will just drop dead and you won't have to worry about it anymore. I locked him in a window and he still didn't... You know, it's just... Won't give up. Okay. 20, okay. So I thought the... What's the two days? That's gnats. I think it's gnats. If I'm not mistaken. Let's see. Nets are seven days, apparently. Okay. What about fruit flies? Or is that a gnat? Okay. Mosquitoes, 10 days. Fruit flies? I don't know. Yeah. Is it? I don't know if they're anything different. I think a fruit fly and a gnat is the same thing. 
I don't know my uh, my insects okay, here all we that go. well. The lifespan of a fruit fly <laughs> in optimal temperatures is forty to fifty days. Holy crap! Okay, they're Jeez. they're like the fucking uh, <laughs> turtles of the of the of the flying pest world. I mean, that's that's a long time for a for a flying pest. How long for the for the standard uh, house fly? Oh, it's twenty eight days. Twenty eight days for the. Standard, it's just a standard house fly, which I don't know. This guy is just getting bigger by the day, and I'm, I'm very worried. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know what he's eating or where, but I'm, I'm very worried for how big he's getting. Judging by, I, I'm assuming that he'll continue to get bigger until then he just takes over the entire apartment, but that's fine. Moving out in a few days or uh, two weeks, so it's fine. He can have it right around. You know what? He's gonna die. He, you never, you're not gonna get him, and he's gonna die the day you move out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's fine. Good run. I'll give him that. I've swatted at this damn thing so many times too, and he keeps getting. I killed. There was like four or five of them in here, and I have no idea where they came from or why. Like we've never had flies in this place before. We had like four or five of them, and I can't, like in one day I just tore them all apart. I mean, killed every single one of them. This one can't do it. I, I caught him in a window. He was trying to get out, and I caught. I closed the window on him. And I said, "Good, now he's gone." And then I went to open that window randomly one day, forgetting that the fly even existed. I opened it, and then this big ass thing, and he got bigger while he was in there, and just right past. Like, How did he sustain himself trapped? I have no idea. Two days. The screen he in stood the window. in the window. Yeah, I don't know. And it was cold too. Like I, I don't know. I I assume that we had like snow. It was like below zero. I I don't know. It's very strange. He's a, a good fly. So. Did you ever encounter yeah. one of these flies where even when you swat them, they don't die? Oh, this is this guy. I've hit him like. Oh, so eight you times. have like, you have made contact with this. Oh, I've made contact with him many times too. I've gotten him on the wall. I, I hit him once and he was okay. And I was like, okay. And then like I swatted him out of the air like ten times. Like I don't know how he hasn't fallen. And I'm talking like big swats too. Like my dogs run away when they see me do it because they assume I'm like trying to hit them or something. Yeah, I'm like, no, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh god, what did I do? And I was like, nothing. I'm just just trying to kill this fly. Yeah, and like, yeah. I kind of wish I had a cat because cats probably would have taken care well, of. One this of my place. dogs chases flies like a cat. That's good. Okay, mine are lazy. It's not good because he doesn't have the. She doesn't have the agility to catch, <laughs> oh. them, but she thinks she does. It's the Boston Terrier. Oh, so she'll like jump into windows and stuff. She, and... She'll no, no, no. The fly will be like swirling around, and she'll catch. She'll see it. She'll then she'll stand on her, her hind legs and snap at it like a hungry, hungry hippo. Oh, I mean, okay. Like the hungry, hungry hippo, <laughs> where they kind of snap yeah. their neck out and snatch at the fucking ball, the marble ball gimmicks. You know that? You know that game? You familiar with that? Of course they do. Yeah. Right. yeah. So she. she that, How are you familiar with that? Is that, that a little past your time, isn't it? I think that's an old, old school game. I think like our parents had shit. Oh no! Well, maybe they, did like they bring that. it back? No, no. What I'm saying is, I think hung, I think that game like started in the '60s or '70s and just continued throughout. I think they. Still- it was introduced in 1978. So yeah, right in your wheelhouse. Then never mind. I apologize. So then you know, and and so that's what she looks like. She looks like one of them hungry, hungry hippos snapping at the fly and she's way too slow i mean she's never gonna catch the fly did you ever try to catch a fly out of the air with your hand oh i've done yeah we're kind of grasp grasp it yeah i've done that for like one or two and that's like when they're about to die you can tell they're just like slowly buzzing well, the problem but i try is, it all the time and it never works well, see, it never that's the thing one time i one time i grabbed it like i did the mr miyagi thing and i fucking actually snatched the fly out of the air but i felt it buzzing around inside my palm and it freaked me the fuck out and I screamed like a woman and I just let it go because it was really weird. It felt like furry. And Men can scream too, Joe, just to let you know. No, but I screamed like a woman. I did not okay. scream like a man. There is a distinctive <laughs> difference in the screams. I'm just giving you can, shit. You can scream like a uh, like 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 a uh, like a horror movie um, heroine. You know, that's a that's a female scream. And then there's like the man scream. 
You know, like like Quiet Storm. Like he does a lot of screaming and grunting, <laughs> but they're very masculine. He's so bad. I can't wait to talk about him. He's so bad. God, he's the worst. Yeah, and then you have like Jamie Lee Curtis, or a more contemporary uh, uh, reference, a Danielle Harris, let's say, who you know the these the, the who scream, you know, in these horror movies, a very a very feminine. I I it was a very feminine scream when I felt that fly in my hand. It was very embarrassing. I'm glad no one was around. So I let it out. Daniel Harris is your babe, right? Daniel that's Harris. Like your big, that's like your big Hollywood crush, right? I, listen, that that is an exceptionally attractive woman. I She is a, a very good looking woman. I would shave a couple years off my life to take a crack at that. There's no question about it. <laughs> that, that, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant like you're going to get younger. To, I was like, well, I don't know. That just benefits you in all ways. I, no, I, I mean it. like, yeah. You, you'll live less. You'd rather live less if that's okay. If like I the it. sex gods said, listen, Joe, here's the deal. You can take a crack at Daniel Harris, all right? But instead of dying at 74, you have to die at 72. Um, oh well, why? why yeah, why of not? Course. Of course, I mean, you you, you make that. What the hell are you gonna do? What the hell are you gonna do from seventy four to nothing? Definitely what are you not bang anyone that looks like Daniel Harris. No, so you yeah, make you're that not trade. You know, you you absolutely make that trade. So as I'm saying, I definitely shave at least two or three years off my life to take a crack at that. So um, th- there's no question about it. And that's despite the fact that she has like enormous tattoos, that, and that's usually a turnoff for me. I can deal with smaller tattoos, but she's got like this enormous tattoo on the side of her body. Like, I don't know what the fuck it is. Some kind of dragon bullshit. And I, I usually don't like that, but she's so in my wheelhouse. She's so up the Lanza alley that it doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. It, 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 the, the tattoo is irrelevant. It would have to be like, I don't know. It'd have to be a tattoo of like um, – of like. Uh, let me think of – what, what, what could be the worst possible tattoo where if someone was just right in your wheelhouse, you'd just be like, no, I can't do it. Like what would – what is there – is there anything possible that would just drive you away? Uh, face tattoos always get me kind of weird. Like when people have like – and it doesn't matter who it is. Like whether it, it, it be like somebody that – somebody from one of their family members or like a, a celebrity or an athlete that they like. Whenever there's like a fake – because it never looks good. Like nobody ever does it really well. Even like good tattoo artists when it's like, oh, yeah, this is like my grandma or whatever. It just kind of looks weird. And it's kind of like that person's like staring at you. And I don't know. I have like a weird phobia about it where I'm just like – it's kind of creepy. I don't it's know. It's usually I, like I, their child when they were a baby. That's weird. Yeah, or stuff. Yeah, stuff like that's just like weird. And then you like look at it, and you're like, yeah, I don't oh, want that's your baby odd. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't want your like dead dad staring at me. <laughs> like, that's just yeah. kind of weird. Like, <laughs> it's always, you're right. It's usually someone dead, like a cousin who had a rough life. You know, it's like right, yeah. they get their face on the side of their, but like, God, it's an awful tattoo. I mean, it's just yeah. and it just never looks good. There's like no way to make it look really good. And like I've, I've seen like I've seen even like the best of the best ones and it still just looks hideous. It's like awful. Even if you put like your kid on there and, so, and like it's good stuff and I get it and it's real cool. And like I, I'm glad you're doing it. But it's just like I, it's just not me. I, I I can't do it. I'm I'm not a big tattoo guy anyway. I think if, do you have any tattoos? I have, I don't. I have no tattoos. No tattoos. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't Zero so. body. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. A body Are you ever planning guy. on it? I would never get a tattoo. And yeah, I don't. I don't like anything long enough to get a tattoo. You know, like like if you told me right now, like, hey, what is like if you told me ten years ago, hey man, what, like what do you love so much that you're gonna get tattoos of? It'd be like Tupac and like. Chris Benoit, or you know what I mean? Like it'd be like terrible tattoos. Or like, ah, like in 2004, I'd be like, oh yeah, like I love uh, Chris Benoit and Tupac, or like my two favorite things in the I world. I bet you like, there's someone with a Chris Benoit and Tupac <laughs> you know what tattoo I mean? somewhere, like, like both of those things that right. probably like, oh, exist. Okay. Like, like Chris Benoit, Tupac, 
and like Pamela Anderson. Like they have all- <laughs> right, exactly. Like what would you do in like like 15 years ago? What would your tattoos be like? What what are we talking about? The, the year 2000. Like what did you love in the year 2000? Oh my god. Other than processing Noah, but. The year two thousand, two thousand. As you're t- as you're bringing in the millennium, what was your uh, what was your favorite things in the world? I I probably would have had a Kurt Warner tattoo. So <laughs> well, that that, that would have held up. That would have held up. That, that, that would have been kind of embarrassing. I mean, may, what if it was Kurt and Brenda Warner, like embracing? That's, <laughs> that'd be a pretty awful tattoo, right? She got a lot of screen time around the year two thousand. Brenda Warner. She did. Yeah. I mean, a yes. lot of people don't know what we're talking about, but Brenda Warner, like. They could not stop showing Brenda Warner during that time frame. It was ridiculous. Well, because then they had to tell the whole st- every single game, the whole backstory about how he was doing. He was bagging groceries, like the whole narrative. Every like you had never heard it before. Like they, like this announcer was the first one who was going to break this awesome story about this quarterback that came out of nowhere. And it's just yeah, like, okay. we get it. He's raising her yeah. blind son who was dropped by the. <laughs> Dopey dad who then left her. He's such a great guy and he's better than you. We get it. He was bagging groceries too. You know that. Yes, right? he may have been bagging groceries too. Yes, I may have heard <laughs> that once or twice. Okay. And was he actually ever? Did they actually ever confirm that he was actually doing he that? He may have donated sixty percent of his first giant contract to his church. We get it. He's better than all of us. <laughs> right. I'm a Rams fan and you're making me hate him. Enough already. What are we doing? We have so much to talk about. I know. We have a lot to talk about. We spent 21 minutes talking about flies and, uh, and UA Bluff. <laughs> but uh, let's get into the show. Obviously, this is the big, uh, big, big time coming up for us. A lot of stuff we got to talk about here. Uh, Russell Kingdom is coming up this Monday. So we're going to do a huge preview of that, talk about all of our predictions, everything going on with that show. Also, our coverage as well. We'll get into details about that. Uh, we have an ebook coming out. We're going to talk a little bit about that, of what's coming up, uh, when you can kind of expect it, where you can get it, all the other good stuff. And also, there was a bunch of other good shows this weekend. You got Dragon Gate had uh, their uh, Final Gate show. Uh, and then the big show, obviously, this weekend. It, it, it's been There's buzz around Pro Wrestling Noah for the first time in, in a long, long time. Uh, Pro Wrestling Noah's Destiny 2015. We're going to talk about that show. We've both seen it. But uh, let's start with the big story, I think. Or uh, obviously, I don't even think. I, uh, it's obvious the big story. Uh, this Monday, Wrestle Kingdom 10, New Japan Pro Wrestling's mega show. Uh, for those, you know, obviously our hardcore fans know all about it. You know, you know, New Japan World is going to be live on there. People that maybe are sort of casual fans, maybe this is your first time getting into New Japan. You're not really sure what, what to do, all that good stuff. Uh, NewJapanWorld.com would obviously be on there. You know, get a monthly subscription for that. I think uh, a real good asset, too. And I think people are really underrating that. But, um, you know, the English commentary and that being another part of Wrestle Kingdom and having it be, you know, uh, Kevin Kelly and Matt Stryker with Yoshitatsu doing um, uh, the translations, which I can't wait for. I don't know about you. What your thoughts are on that? That's going to be my favorite part because that's the thing I hate the most is like these guys are talking. I don't know what they're saying. And like some people translate, you know, there's a few good people on Twitter that will translate. But it'll be nice to have a guy in real time, you know, giving us those translations so we can really kind of feel it in the moment as well. But yeah, it's it's it that it'll be an English and Japanese broadcast. You can choose from either one. New Japan World. Um, what? It, so it's I believe it's 3 a.m. Eastern on Monday morning. Is that correct? I haven't checked. I don't know. I, I th- it's somewhere around there, and it's a mega show. I mean, that, and that's one of the things to be to kind of be aware of is if you're going to wake up. If say you're, you're going into work Monday, you, you know, you work Monday at seven or eight or whatever. You know, it, it, it's a long show, so don't. I, you might get cut off if you say, "Hey, I'm going to wake up at you know two a.m. watch this whole thing all the way through." You know, I don't know if it's going to finish by the time you have to go to work. So that's one thing that's going to be kind of a, an issue for some people. I think, but yeah, it'll be Monday morning, either I believe three a.m. Eastern time, two p uh, two a.m. Uh, central, but we can't confirm that 100%, uh, but you can go on the website and figure that out uh, of what time it's going to be. But uh, Joe, what are your plans? Are you watching it live? 
yeah, I'll be watching it live and I'll I'll be doing a review for the site. So um, you're just going to be hiding for. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I've, I've thought of an idea that maybe I'm, I might try to see if I can maybe wake up at like 5 a.m. and just watch the last half of the show. You know what I mean? Like, that's not ridiculous. Like, I, sometimes my dogs wake me up at 5. You know, that's not a big deal getting up at 5 and working the rest of the day. Getting up at, like, 2 and then going through an 8-hour workday and then getting home and then doing – like, it's just not going to happen. Like, that's too hard to to, to do. And I, I can't just be at my desk, you know, napping. Like, I can be at my desk watching wrestling occasionally. But, like, yeah, that that's just going to be a little bit too hard to do that. But if I wake up at, like, 5, I can see maybe the last half of the show. Uh, before I have to go to work, which I think is what I'm going to do. And then, then I'll catch up on the first half because I just can't. I don't know if I can wait like eight hours while everyone's <laughs> talking about the main event and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, but see, uh, if, it's I just, I can't you, do- if I were you, I would hide and watch it after work. I mean, I, I'm not even going to be anywhere near Twitter during the show because Twitter's just going to be annoying. So, mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, for sure. Yeah. That'll- um, so, I mean, you know, I, I, you, you're really not going to be missing anything. I mean, this, this could be – if it's the greatest show of all time – it, you know, people are just going to rip it. So, I mean, there's really no point even even being on Twitter. But um, it, it's it's. I would hide personally. I've done that for some shows. I would I just hide for a while and then watch it in peace and um, you know, unspoiled. And, and but I mean, I guess if you're gonna if if the dogs wake you up and you can catch the second half of it, it's not the worst idea because then yeah. if the rest gets spoiled, it's the undercard stuff. So exactly, yeah, it's not a huge deal to me if you know someone tells me what happened in Kenny Omega Kushida, I, I might be able to sleep or, or be okay. But if anybody stooped off like, oh my god, I can't believe you know this happened or whatever, I'd be because I, I get texts a lot too, and I get people will sort of stuff, and and thankfully a lot of people have asked me like, oh, you're watching it live or whatever, and. And yeah, I, I I don't know. I feel like I kind of at least have to try to put an effort to watch at least the last. If I can get the last two, if I can get Nakamura Styles and, and Okada Tanahashi and watch those in the moment live, that would be probably worth it. And then the undercard, yeah, I can kind of piecemeal together after that. But, but we'll we'll see. It all depends. But I, I think that's doable. But um, anyway, maybe before we get into the card, uh, overall thoughts on this. We've sort of done a little bit previews here. We've talked a little bit about it. Uh, talked about them. What do you think of this card? Well, I mean. Um... You know, I, I I talked about it a little bit on maybe one of the solo shows I did, or maybe the split show. But on paper, I think it's the strongest Wrestle Kingdom card, at least of this decade. It's 2010 on paper. Of course, they got to go out there and do it. But I think there's less filler here than any show that they've had this decade. Um, yeah, my gut I, reaction I, I agree when I. Yeah, and my gut reaction when I first saw the card was the only match that I really didn't see any value in whatsoever was the um, tag title match, you know, because of Guns and Gallows. But then when I watched the the tag league finals, I'm way into Makabe and Hanma now because that was a hell of a match. It was very emotional, and I'm into that story now. So the one match that I really didn't care about at all, I'm now into. So I it's. It's the first Wrestle Kingdom on paper that I thought doesn't have any filler, no holes, and is strong from opener all the way to main event. You know, in many, many years, maybe ever. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't remember all these cards off the top of my head, but this decade, at least, on paper, it's the strongest one uh, they've had. So, you know, it, it'll have to deliver, though. Yeah, I think the big thing for me, I, 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 I'm, I was going to mention the tag match 
there. And I think that's the one that strikes me as having the most difference. Because, you know, in previous years, we've seen that tag match. You know, it's been okay sometimes, but there's also been really bad filler in there. There's been just really horrendous matches in there um, in that tag slot. But now this one, you you, you have Bullet Club, Doc Ellis, and Carl Anderson, who, of course, you know, our, our thoughts on Doc Ellis we've made made known for a while. But, you know, you know with that other side being, you know, Makabe and Hanma and the Great Bash Heel or whatever, I mean, that brings that match up way a lot. I mean, now you have Anderson, Makabe, and Hanma all in the same spot. Regardless of whatever Doc Ellis does, and he can't, I mean, he's not bad enough to drag those three guys down into something bad. I mean, he, he's not that bad either. I mean, we just sort of, we overinflate a little bit because, you know, put him in the wrong position, you can get that. But yeah, I mean, that match is there too. Uh, if you look at the other stuff too, you look at some of the guys that are gone and, uh, you know, watching this Noah Destiny, it reminded me of, you know, you've had random horrible Azuka matches in there, you, you know, or if he was in a tag or something like that. You know, some of the previous Yano matches have been, you know, kind of just, they've been fun little sideshows, but this one could be legitimately good. And, and that's, that's a big difference as well. So yeah, I agree with you. If you look top to bottom, there's really nothing on this card that strikes me as, yeah, I don't need, I, I don't want to see this. Like there, there's almost every single thing on this card seems like, okay, you know, this is not worth skipping. This is completely worth all of my attention to the point where, you know, I look at like a Goto Naito match and that's maybe on the lower half of my anticipated matches. And that's, that's crazy. Cause that's going to be pretty good. You know what I mean? So like it, it, when it, when that's your, you know, lower half, when you talk about the, you know, the, the four way tag, uh, the four way junior tag and, you know, Goto Naito, being like the matches lower on my list that I'm anticipating, you're talking about a really goddamn good card when you when you talk about that. So uh, let, let's kind of go over the card here real quick. We'll give sort of our predictions, thoughts on on every single match. Uh, so obviously we start off now with the pre-show match, the New Japan Rumble slash Rambo. Uh, a lot of interesting names in this this year's class of the Rambo for for many reasons. Of course, you, you know, with a lot of kind of imports coming in. Of course, the the Ring of Honor World Championship match, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, we're talking about a really legendary class in this rumble, which is uh, is is kind of depressing, but also kind of interesting as well. You got guys like uh, uh, Tenzan, Kojima, Yuji Nagata, uh, Liger, to a lesser extent, you know, a guy like a Tiger Mask as well. Uh, it's in here, but uh, the, oh, the guys that we know so far, we got Tenzan, uh, Jado, obviously Jushin Thunder Liger, Manabu Nakanishi, uh, Rusuke Taguchi, Satoshi Kojima, Tiger Mask, and Yuji Nagata. Are guys that we have in there quite yet? Uh, what are your thoughts on this Rambo and and maybe some surprise guys you think we're going to see here? Uh, join the class. I don't know who the surprises are going to be. I don't know if they're even going to have surprises. But, um, you know, the main thing here is I see a lot of complaints that, um, you know, a lot of guys are, are disrespected by not, you know, being on the card. You know, your your Kojimas, your Tenzans, Adas, people like that. But the fact of the matter is the time comes where, you know, these guys got to move down. You know, it's it's... Look, no one's a bigger Kojima fan than I am. I think everybody, long-time listeners know that. You know, he's probably my favorite wrestler in the company. But, you know, it's – and on the other hand, you know, if if, you, if we had all these guys on the main card, you'd be hearing complaints about how stale the company – could you imagine – yeah, if it was Okada, Kojima, or, or yeah, like no, but I mean, Kojima you know, like if, club, or like yeah. yeah, yeah. So you'd just be hearing that, you know, you'd be hearing the complaints that it's stale. So you know, these guys have have had their time, and now it's their time to slide down the card a little bit. And you're going to see other people like you know Tama Tonga and Bad Luck Fale and you know whoever else. It's their time now. These are younger guys, and 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 they're on the card now. You know, so I don't really have a problem with it. It does, you know, it is a little sad to see some of these. Guys as relegated to this, it was weird seeing Yuji Nagata in it last year. He looked a little out of place. 
and it's going to be weird seeing guys like Kojima and Tenzan in it this year. But um, you know, it it, it it happens to everybody. You know, it's it's nobody stays young forever. So. And I, it, there's nothing really to evaluate here. It's the pre-show match, and it's, it's a silly <laughs> little Rambo. battle royal. And and you know, um, you know, for the rest of the matches on the card, um, I'm going to do a gimmick where I give the floor and the ceiling. But for this match, I'm not even going to do that. It's just going to be you know a silly little battle royal, and hopefully, it's fun. Yeah, right. And the fun is going to be in if it does happen that, you know, the guys that come out and that's what was last year's too. No, we had no idea what to expect this thing. And then all of a sudden we get, you know, (laughs) you know, just Fujiwara coming out and stuff. And then it was just off the rails. I mean, I remember people were watching it. They weren't quite really sure what to take. And then, you know, a few minutes in, everybody was just going nuts because it was just a hilarity. That's all it was. And that's all it'll be again this year. And I'm sure, you know, whatever. It's it's just not a big deal. Yeah, getting caught up in in who's in it isn't a big deal. It's just... I like the idea of the 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 Rambo Battle Royal better than the ten man tag that shoehorns everybody on. Oh, that I, sucks. oh, God, yes, yeah, dear God, yes, yeah, because that's even less time. At least these guys get a little bit of time to be in the ring. They get their little fun little entrance or whatever. That ten man stuff is just like, okay. Yeah, would it be better if Tenzan had three, you know, a minute and a half of ring time to do his little hissing Mongolian chops and then get tagged out? Like that's that's no fun. This is a lot more fun. And that, that's what you're going to get. I mean, they're not. It is what it is. But and there's anyway, no, and there's no official stipulation where the winner. There isn't. Shot. No. That's just kind of a deal they did with Nagata last year. So they may or may not do that again. But I think some people are kind of expecting that now. That there's there's not. I've read no official stipulation where the winner is guaranteed any kind of title shot or anything. So that may have just been a thing last year. So keep that in mind too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's a good it's a good little story to tell, and it, it's it gives you an easy title match, you know, down the line too, is if you want. So maybe they'll do it. But yeah, a good idea, and I think they yeah. should do that. I mean, because oh, I agree, you have yeah. the two new beginning shows every year that you can do it on, or you could even do it on a you know a gasp a Kirkin show. God forbid you do a title match on a curse. I don't imagine a curse. So, you know, it, 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 it's something I think they should do, but we're spending way too much time on this battle royal. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on to the uh, the true opener, uh, the four-way tag team title match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight titles. You have Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly, the champions, defending against Matt Seidel and Ricochet, the winners of the World Tag League, or the, the Super Junior Tag League, uh, Rapongi Vice, Beretta, and Rocky Romero, and then the Young Bucks, of course, Matt and Nick Jackson. What are your thoughts on this guy? Obviously, as we've said a million times, this should be Red Dragon against Ricochet and Seidel. I don't think you'll yeah, find exactly. anybody yeah. in the world who would disagree with that. That should be the um, Oh, <laughs> did you? Uh, you apparently didn't look at Twitter. When I, yeah. Oh, did you not see that? People were going nuts at me. Oh, what about the rematch clause of the Young Bucks? Or, oh, these guys all deserve because, oh, my God, you should have seen my Twitter mentions when I mentioned that. Wait, so that, well, when that people, immediately after the World Tag League, I had people going, people, well, it makes sense. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. People are, oh, it makes sense because the Young Bucks need their, you know, rematch clause because they're the champion, you know, the former champions. And then, oh, Rapongi Vice beat, uh, I forgot who they beat, uh, Red Dragon or something in the in the Junior Tag League. I forgot who they beat exactly. So they deserve the title shot as well. I was like, no. The guys won the trophies. Like, the guys won the trophies deserve it. Not, not the former champions. That doesn't. Because then people were going, oh, well, what about the rematch clause? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I listed, you know, 15 titles in the past two years that have not had rematch clauses. But, you know. Yeah, that's just indefensible. I mean, you can't. The, the four-way, the, the only justification for it is to get everybody on the show. That's And that's the only reason they're doing it. But from a, from like a storytelling, storyline perspective, it's awful. It's terrible, and you can't defend it. Uh, rematch clause is nonsense. There's no such thing. doesn't exist. 
um, that's just make believe, and, and it's like it's, it's a WWE thing. Yeah, that people sort of think that every other wrestling company does that, and they don't. And it's, it's a like, WWE no. thing that they only invoke like when they want to tell a lazy story. It's not even right, exactly. You know, right. it's not anything that's like this mandatory thing that happens every. Day. It's just silly. This is dumb. There's no reason. Like, why even have that tournament if the winner doesn't get a title shot? I mean, it's 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 it should be. Look, there was other things you could do here. If Rocky Romero's really on his way out, then you could have stuck RPG Vice in the Rambo. Or you could have done Young Bucks versus Rapongi Vice and had Rapongi Vice put over the Bucks on the way out, and then the Bucks get the next title shot. So there were other options here other than the four-way. The four-way was the very worst option. There was no worse option than doing a four-way. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it was the wrong booking move, but, we're, you know, we're beating that to death. Floor and ceiling, the floor for this match, if it's sloppy and they don't get a ton of time – and they're and they're rushing through a bunch of spots, and they're and it's and it's just it's not a cohesive match, you know, two and a half, two and three quarters. The ceiling for this, everything clicks. They get a decent amount of time. Look, you've got tremendous wrestlers in this match. There are some of the best wrestlers in the world are in this match. So if everything goes right, the ceiling for this is about four stars. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, and and I think it's probably going to be about that. Uh, I mean, of course, time is going to always be an issue, you know, with, with this sort of match and it being the opener and there being so many guys in there. And that's that's another reason why I always want the singles or the, not the singles match, but the one on one, you know, the one versus one, the one team versus one, because you just get more time for the matches, for the guys to develop, the match to develop, all that sort of stuff. Because, you know, if you get eight minutes or eight or ten minutes or whatever, it's, you know, or even 12 minutes with these many, this amount of guys, it's just hard. It's just going to get packed in and then people sort of get upset because it's just kind of a spot fest. And that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of stuff happening in 10 minutes or whatever. But for me, I'm cool with that, especially as an opener, uh, you know, of a big long show, I'm cool with a very quick, fast-paced thing to kind of kick these things off. And and yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it. It's going to be pretty good. I think one other thing as well, we sort of mentioned it a few weeks ago, but I think it's important to mention again. Um, the fact that we're not going to have a time limit like we did last year with it being on traditional pay-per-view, with it being through you know the global force or whatever, we now have time for a little bit more of the the fun entrances that we always enjoyed in the past. The the maybe a little bit of longer matches, maybe every single match gets you know five more minutes or whatever. And I don't know if that's all the way necessary for you know some of the matches maybe the later you know stages matches are, are fine with the time they have but it's gonna be cool i think we're gonna get better entrances and it's just gonna feel like a bigger show whereas last year it just always felt rushed last year it felt like okay we gotta go 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 like you know guys really didn't get a chance to to hang around on the outside they didn't really get a chance to let the matches breathe a little bit it was just like match done okay guys in entrance music they're out in the ring okay let's go it'd be cool to have a little bit more time especially with with, with a lot of these undercard guys because that's i think that's when they get a lot of their characters out is is, is in those entrances or whatever so you could get a five or five and a half hour show that wouldn't shock me at all and it wouldn't bother me either look if it was if it was you know dominion or something you don't want to sit there for five five and you know these shows are way too long sometimes but for this show i don't care how long they go doesn't matter to me i'm just gonna Mm -hmm. i'm gonna sit there and watch the whole thing and enjoy it and it's not gonna matter how long it is um and, and yeah i mean look you've got arguably the best tag team in the world in this match You've got Kyle O'Reilly, you've got Ricochet, you've got Matt Seidel, you've got Bobby Fish, you've got Rocky Romero. Look, there's a lot of talent in this match. So I think people are beating it up a little too much. The booking stinks. It should not be four teams. But there's no reason that this can't, you know, that this can't be an excellent match. I'll move on now to the six-man, never open weight, six-man tag team championship match. This match has a little bit more stakes with the new title being created. I got the Bullet Club, Bad Luck Fale, Tamatonga, and Yujiro Takahashi taking on Jay Briscoe, Mark Briscoe, the Briscoe Brothers, and Toro Yano. Floor to ceiling is going to be very interesting with this one. It's, uh, it could go a lot of ways. All right. Well, the floor is if it gets six minutes and it's just a bunch of shtick, then it's like one star, right? 
but the ceiling, if you know, it's just a lot of fun, and um, you know, the Briscoes connect with the crowd, and Yano's stuff has some new tricks up his sleeve, and Tamatanga's bumping all over the place. I could see this being as high as like three and a half, three and three quarters, somewhere like that. Um, probably fall somewhere in between. Now, I look to me. When this match was announced, it was the Bullet Club guys against Yano and two X's, right? Every decision they've made so far has made the match more intriguing since then. You add the Briscoes. That it makes the match infinitely more intriguing than it was before. Because now you know you got some quality X's. You know they're not going to let you down with the X's. You know Tenkoji's not going to strut down that, that ramp line. Okay? Right, right, right. You got yourself some quality X's. Then they add these never open weight trios titles to the mix. And despite what all these mentals on Twitter have to say, how this is the worst decision ever, oh my god, it's not a big deal. If anything, it adds a little bit of intrigue to the match, and it adds a little bit of intrigue to some of these six-mans that you're going to see later on in the year. I mean, there really is no downside by adding these silly little... Right, we, we talked about that a lot last week as well, as the tremendous benefits of doing that or whatever. It's just, you know, the, the downside is there's nothing there, and there's really no there's downside. No, the there's positive zero is, downside. There's zero downside, and the, and, the, and the positive is that now on these random six-mans, on random shows where we go, oh my god, it's another meaningless six-man, it might be a somewhat meaningful six-man. Man, there you go. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's now you get a little juice because there's a title at stake, or you got a little juice because maybe uh, there's a match where the winning team might get a title shot. And look, if we say there's no negatives, there might be no positives either. It might just be some meaningless belt that they don't care sure. about. Oh, yeah. But, but you know, and it might just be, you know, even. It might just. Let's let them try. How about we let them try? Yeah, and why don't find we let them see what they do with it first? <laughs> look. My, my my gut tells me it's a shiny new toy, right? So at first they're going to treat it seriously and it's going to get some booking priority and you're going to get some cool matches out of it. And then I think about halfway through the summer going into the fall, it, they're just going to forget about it and it's just going to be you know a random undercard title that you see defended maybe on every other show and that means absolutely nothing. And you don't think about it. Uh, before any of the matches, and then the match happens, and then you never think about the title after the matches are over. That's my gut. I think eventually it's going to mean nothing. At first, though, it's a new toy, so they're going to play with a new toy. You know what I mean? And it's going to, and, and it'll have a little bit more meaning than it will eventually down the line. But I, mean, but I, I don't ever think. I think uh, you know, playing a little fuller ceiling here. I, I, I don't think the ceiling would ever be that high here. You know, you know, I mean, like I don't think anything above like a mid card or whatever hold this title. And if people are worried about that, like I don't think you're going to get some some conglomerate of three, you know, upper mid card guys that are going to win this title at any point it's, it's never going to be that it's the the never distinction is a very important part of that as well i mean of course it, it, it keeps the open weight part alive but i think they also are just they're definitely slotting it below uh the other two tag titles and below you know probably every single other singles title the, co- the cool uh, that, thing about the, and the cool thing about the never designation is you can get some juniors in the mix here that they don't do anything sure. with and, then, and that'll be up to them i mean i really hope they do do that uh, we've seen some issues with you know <laughs> uh, mixing the, the the two there for a little bit, but the never distinction it, it is important, and I hope they do take full advantage of that because there's a lot you can do with that. Then you can have the young boys go for stuff. You can have a lot of these juniors who just kind of a lot of time of the year just sitting there doing nothing. It'll be a really good chance for them to maybe get a few title shots here and there. I would say go the you know you know how they're very protective of title shots in a lot of ways, which is fine with the other titles. I would have this thing get defended all the damn time. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I, I don't think there's any downside of that. I don't think I, I I'm not saying every single show, but any show with any sort of somewhat amount of meaning this title should be defended there is no Just, uh, every there, time, there, is, every there time. is zero reason for this title not to be defended on every cork and hall show right i mean exactly, yeah. Kirk and, every kirk and every pay-per-view or at, least, know, or, at least, yeah. or at least once a month you're not gonna you can't do it every cork and show but but at least once a month because they they're very protective of 
you know, they, they don't announce another title match until the other one takes place because they don't want to give away results and stuff. You know what I mean? So once a month, though, absolutely. I mean, there's no reason this title yeah. shouldn't be defended every month. And who? And the other thing about this title is who gives a shit how many times it changes hands? I mean, it just it's just a silly thing to keep guys busy on the undercard. But again, like you said before, at least give them a chance to see what they're yeah. Let's doing. let's let's see what happens. First it might be really we... cool. It might mean nothing. I mean, we don't know. We don't know anything yet. All right, let's move on to. The imports here, the ROH World Championship match. Jay Lethal, the champion, defending against Big Mike, Michael Elgin. Okay, so floor is no one cares about Jay Lethal. Um, Elgin and Lethal's nervous. Biggest crowd by far he'll ever wrestle in front of. And he has, Does he strike you as a guy that would get nervous in this situation? Listen, we're doing floor ceiling. Floor ceiling. Okay. This, oh, I, I right, right. This okay. is the floor, and 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 he just doesn't have a good performance. Big Mike freaks out because there's thirty five thousand people there, <laughs> and you know they have a two star you know match where they just go through the motions and play it safe. Ceiling here, you know. First of all, Big Mike is over. So uh, my, you know, people are saying, ah, this is stupid. No one's going to respond to this match in the dome. Two foreigners. Big Mike is over in New Japan. I mean, what shows are these people watching? The fans love this guy. And look, oh, the tag league. He was probably he was arguably one of their top. You know, I don't know, maybe five guys. I mean, they were going nuts for him. And then, the, and not just Tanahashi. When the tags would go to Elgin, people were going, "Yeah, oh yeah," like you know what I mean. Like people loved him. And then G one too. I mean, halfway through that G one, it was obvious that that was a guy that everybody w- was in love with in those crowds. So yeah, I, that's that's a bizarre take to have because they love him. Yeah, and I mean, look, I get it. It's the dome, and sound sort of evaporates in that building sometimes if they're not going ape shit for something. And it is, it, it, there will be more casual fans there who may not know. Look, it's very possible. Uh, you know, it wouldn't shock me if the match gets gets you know no reaction. But I think I think in Elgin, I trust. I think Elgin's over. So they they're not going to know who Lethal is. And they're not going to about Lethal. But I think that they'll get behind Elgin, especially down and sure. And especially if the match is really good. If if look, if they're smart, they're going to come out like a house of fire in this thing and not fuck around. And yeah, don't don't make this a, a typical. And, and I'm I'm saying that because I, I enjoy. Uh, Jay Lethal's title offenses right now, but it can't be one of those sort of ones that he does in Ring of Honor because he he plays that character quite well in yes. Ring of Honor. It's perfect and it fits him. He cannot. I mean, he I, I think he's smart enough to know that. I think he's a good worker, smart worker as well. He's going to get that as well. That he can't go in there and start you know working his heel shtick and and working it super slow and do. I mean, he knows that they probably just got to. They're not going to know who you are, so man, just just. Yeah, you know, work it slow at the beginning, but then get it going. Just really you know, he can, get listen, it there quick. Yeah. They just got to come out and work a spot fest. They really do yeah. to keep the fans engaged, and that's fine for the spot on the card. He can't come out there and grab Elgin in a side headlock and grind him down into the mat. They, they can't do that because they don't know who Lethal is. So they got to go out there and just work fast. They got to work like that damn – you know what they got to do? They got to work exactly like that match we just saw at Destiny between O'Hara and Kano. That's the match oh, yeah, they yeah. need to have. They need to have an 11-minute match where they just throw bombs. And 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 you know that they'll they'll win over the crowd that way. So to me, the ceiling on this is uh, you know I, time will be an issue. Uh, provided they get enough time, they could flirt with four stars. They're good enough yeah. to do that. So you know, but but you know, it, it could be it could they could be nervous. It could fall apart, and they could get no reactions. I, I think I'm going to go. I mean, sort of my prediction would be somewhere in the middle uh, of those two. I just I I have a hard time believing that they're going to have the time or or. or you know, really be able to get a, you know, a true four star out of here. But I think a, a solid three star is, is completely, completely plausible here. We, uh, we actually, we'll go back here a little bit. We haven't done really predictions about who we think we're going to win. So I'll, I'll kind of go back a little quick. Uh, Rambo, I think I have Kojima. I believe you have Kojima as I well. I have Kojima too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, uh, junior heavyweight title match. I, uh, 
who do you got there? I mean, it doesn't matter. Flip a good. I think. <laughs> I know, think. I would say flip a coin. But you need two more sides. But yeah, anybody but. Uh, I don't think Rapungi Vice uh, is happening. No, and I think uh, they're taking the fall too. Obviously, so mm-hmm. I- I'll say Red Dragon retains. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go with that as well, but it just as easily the Young Bucks could win. It, it, it's the junior titles. Who, who the hell knows? Uh, six men, uh, the Briscoe uh, brothers, Yano. What, what was your prediction there? Because uh-huh. this is interesting. You can you, know, you give it to the Briscoes, and they kind of hold them until uh, you know Ring of Honor comes to town. Uh, do you waste you know the Briscoes on uh, you know one of those that title match when the Ring of Honor is in Japan, or do you you know figure out a way for the Briscoes to come back? I, I don't know. It, it's kind of interesting there because they're they're the team that jumps off at me right away because I don't know about that the Bullet Club team, but it just seems kind of weird. But I, I'm still going to go Briscoes Yano winning those. Oh yeah, titles. I don't think Bullet Club has any chance. I, yeah, I don't think yeah. you bring in Briscoes for this and do all this and put a title. And then and then they lose. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So I, yeah, I think that team definitely wins. You think they hold them until uh, Ring of Honor comes to town? Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, it's not that far off. I mean, yeah, and that's, that's they, may, they may not even have another match until then, other than the uh, New Year's Dash. I mean, they're right. not going to be around for Fantastic Mania. So, and and who says they're going to like work the tour after? I don't, you know. So it's very possible. Interesting. And then they might already forget about these titles by like April. And we're talking about it now. They might just be like, ah, you know what? The Briscoes, ah, it's fine. Whatever. Don't worry about it, guys. <laughs> like, really, anything uh, could happen with these titles. I mean, they could be yeah, abandoned. Exactly. They could be, you know, <laughs> who knows? I mean, you just have to see. Uh, and then Lethal uh, Elgin. That's a match we were on. Uh, you think Lethal retains here? I don't know, man. This is a tough one. I think I think the booking is very political. I think it, it, it'll, it'll, look, it'll say a lot in terms of how, you know, like, Elgin's not even under Ring of Honor contract, right? I don't. I, yeah, I don't know his exact status right now. So it's like they might just put the, and, and but but he's the guy that's over in Japan, and Ring of Honor needs to sell tickets to those shows. So mm-hmm. I could see him winning. At the same time, I could see them using Elgin to get Lethal over, so their champion is over on the shows. But wouldn't the safer play just be having Elgin as your champion if you're going to run the shows in Japan? So you could always beat Elgin later in America. You know sure, I mean? it's like. But but that just tells you, you know, I I wonder is is I would assume Ring of Honor is booking this match. Um, if if New Japan's booking the match, I mean, I think Elgin would win. There's a lot of moving parts here. I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, this is one that I really have trouble predicting. I mean, it's easy to say, yeah, Lethal will win because you know that's a Ring of Honor champion. They don't want to change the title, you know, in the show in Japan that a lot of their fans are going to see. But at the same time, you know, if this relationship's a big deal to them, yeah, that that it'll be fun. And then also. I mean, it'll be something that's beneficial for them as well to sort of show how strong that relationship is. And then at the same time, you know, we, we, we've talked about it a lot. We've talked about it with this match as well, where people are going, oh, my God, why is this match happening or whatever? Is that, you know, <laughs> Ring of Honor's coming here. Like, they're they're running shows in Japan. Like, these guys have to get over. They have to know. You can't just run a show and have these guys on a poster and go, yeah, Ring of Honor's here and have people. They're not going to – they don't know who any of these guys are. They, it, it's so – you know, in in one respect, I think yeah, having Elgin as a champion makes it makes a lot of sense. But it could also be just showcase match for Jay Lethal to say, hey, look, here's Jay Lethal. Oh, by the way, he's coming to town. You know, in in February, March, or whenever I forgot exactly when the shows are. So I think from that respect, you can have Lethal still win, but also do it in a way where they put him over big, and that's the champion. And oh my god, you know, he's coming back, and and maybe you have a rematch. Maybe my Elgin goes for the the title again in in that show, and maybe he wins it there, something like that. I don't know exactly. I kind of go with Lethal still winning, just because I from the political standpoint. I would do that, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of play it here. Do you have a so, problem so. with the Ring of Honor title match on this show? No, I, I, again, that's what I just said, and, and that's I, I argued with people as well about that, and, and a lot of people did get it, but I mean, you got to think of it from a business standpoint, is that Ring of Honor is running a show in Japan. 
Ring of Honor. <laughs> this company that we – I mean you know it's who a, they are. I know who they are. It's, and they're business partners and they're helping each other. Yeah, exactly. So they're running the show. If they just put up a poster and said, hey, yeah, we're running a Ring of Honor show in Japan or whatever and didn't have one of their top two guys you, you know, showcased or their title showcased or whatever, I mean, you can't do that. Like it's just – that's why the Briscoes are here. That's why Lethal's here. That's why Elgin's here is that they're running a show in Japan. These guys need to get over. These people need to be over with this fan base or at least in some way the fan base recognizes these guys a little bit because you just can't trot out Jay Lethal on a random show in Japan and go, yeah, there you go, and have people buy it. Like That's just not how, how this it's business a, works. A, so yeah, it's, it's, it's it is a, what it to is. To me, it's an odd complaint. It's the third show on the card, and it's like their business part. And look, you know, when they had that relationship with TNA, they had TNA wrestlers on Wrestle Kingdom all the time. Oh, God. I mean, what was that? That one? What was it? Wrestle Kingdom? I guess it was 2010 or 2011. Was it was here 2010. Yeah, it was six. The one with uh, – One of those. Yeah, I don't forget the – I forget the year. The one with the uh, awful Jeff Hardy Naito match and, and – um, uh, uh, Half the car was TNA guys. A ton of TNA. Like, look at that – like look at that that lineup. It was Beer like was uh, unbelievable. Beer Money yeah. was on the show. And, and that and, – it's like you know, this is nothing new. You know, you're you're in business with people. You bring on. I I don't think it's a big deal because it's third match of the show. And and no, I also look at think. The, look at the, yeah, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I think, and and I'll let you talk about you know who they had in that show in a minute. But it's like, I think the bigger issue people have, and it's kind of like the fact is they don't like Lethal or Elgin. That's really what it comes down to. It's if you don't like Lethal and Elgin then you're pissed about them being on the show and you're sort of turning the argument into, oh, well, why is there a Ring of Honor match here? If it was two guys that people were liked, I don't think you'd be hearing these kinds of complaints. Those happen to be two very divisive wrestlers. We like them, so we're okay with it. But yeah, so who was on that show? Um, I'm actually, I'm, you know, of course you had uh, Brother Devon, Brother Ray, you had uh, Team 3D on there. Uh, oh, wait, that's a different one. Shit, that was that's another I mean. one. It was a, they had those guys on there. Yeah, several years. Wrong one. Was, Sorry. It was several years where TNA. Here's the one. Okay, you had Beer Money. Uh, let's see who else you had here. Rob Van Dam was on there. Van Dam <laughs> had a horrendous match with Yano. It was so bad. <laughs> and it wasn't even as bad as the Jeff Hardy um, Naito match because, I, I mean, everyone just. Jeff Hardy was like, he had to have been loaded. I mean, he oh really god, bad yeah. in the match. He was really awful in the match. That's when he was off the rails as well, Jeff Hardy. But yeah, so that, that's that one. Uh, but what I was going to say, um, you know, to an extent, is is you know, look, okay, so you you're worried about Ring of Honor being out here, or or let's say it's not just strictly Ring of Honor. Say it's oh my god, all these you know foreigners are coming here, whatever. On that, you look at the past Wrestle Kingdoms and look at the past shows. I mean, whether it's right or not, they've had NWA guys, they've had TNA guys, like we talked about. They've always, for the past few years, they've had a lot of foreign American promotion influence or whatever. I'm not going to complain when it's Ring of Honor and it's a lot of guys I like from Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? Like, not, yeah, this could be Steve Anthony versus Tiger Mask. Like, I'm okay with it being Elgin and Lethal, and I'm okay with the Briscoes being in that thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's these guys are good. So I guess it goes to your point a little bit too that if you like these guys, it's like oh, I, I okay. Like, any chance to see these two in a big match on, on this in this you know atmosphere on this show? On I, I'm okay with it. I think like, it'll be kind of cool to see those two guys. Yeah, it's in whatever. It'll be a cool little match. It's a fourth, it's a, <laughs> Third match in the bottom. Who cares? Uh, anyway, okay. So now we get to the business end of the card to an extent, at least for the uh, the Japanese fans. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Kushida for the IWG, uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Joe, what is your ceiling and floor for this? Well, guy? they've had good matches before, so the ceiling is again. They could have a very good match again, and uh, the floor is Kenny Omega gets really silly. 
like he tends to do sometimes, and it just takes you out of the match, and you're like, this fucking stinks. So the floor is, this fucking stinks, and the ceiling is, it can be, it can be a very good match, because they've had a very good match before. Yeah, and and I think I, I think the ceiling is probably the better bet here, at least in my mind, is that yeah, you'd have to have really have Omega just being a complete goofball in this one, like full on like sticking poles up to Gucci's ass yes, sort of guy, exactly. or like a ton of bullet club interference or whatever, and you know stuff like that would really kind of set it, uh, I, I think, to that lower level. But I, I I just can't imagine that. I mean, I you might get some bullet club here or there, you might get you know I don't know if Alex Shelley's going to be in town for this, I don't know if he's going to be in the Rambo or if he's going to be on Gucci's side or whatever, but that might sort of negate some of the interference or whatever. But yeah, I think. I think it, I, for me, honestly, my floor is at least a really good match. Like, I think it'd be really I, I just I can't fathom it being that super silly Kenny Omega. I think he does it on the spot shows because it's whatever. Nobody cares. They don't care. But I think they would probably I'm sure the higher ups in New Japan don't want him doing that. I mean, we know that Wrestle Kingdom is one of the ones that they like to control every single aspect of that and really make it a, a, a big deal. Like, you know, we go back a few years, you know, Loki comes out in that hitman costume in the suit and tie or whatever, and they blow their lid. I mean, they, they they're fired, you know, pissed off. and You never see him again. Yeah. Like, so what I mean, like from a control standpoint, this is the show where it's like, nah, and then I'd be shocked if he comes out, you know, with his garbage can and he's doing a bunch of bullshit. Like, I just, I, I just don't see it happening. Not on this show, not in this atmosphere, not on Wrestle Kingdom, but we'll see. I think, but, uh, Kushida, oh, go ahead, you know, Kushida's going to win, obviously. Oh yeah. 100%. Get the big moment. And, um, you know, maybe all the whining about Kushida's junior title reigns will stop. Probably not though. Um, I don't get wrapped up in that. Heifer book, uh, book is about that. Actually, I know, no, I, a lot of people get wrapped. Look, I look. I, I was kind of pissed about. It. I think it was pretty. And stupid, you're one of them. But, but I mean, yeah. I really don't get wrapped up in that. I don't. You know, it was a stupid. It was just, just dumb. Guy, it it just didn't make any sense. But here's the th- yeah. But the, don't do the whole build then. Don't. I mean, don't do that then. The f- don't do what they did then. Just don't do anything with them then. The first one was an accident. No, that one. I, no, that one. I agree. That one. I don't. I, I don't even count. I, I actually wrote an article or I wrote his uh, profile. In the ebook, and I just kind of strike that one from the. I don't even count that as like a a true title reign in, in that sense because it really was. It was just like, oh shit, we have no choice. It was, I think it was legitimately an accident because when yes. did they ever put two titles on one guy? And why? And and then he lost it like ten minutes later. Like, yeah, as, as soon as humanly possible. And, and the guy it. that he beat was unconscious in the match. I I I legitimately I will stand by that till my on my deathbed that that was an that was an accident and they had to call an audible. The first one. The second one, I agree, it was kind of silly. Um, but if you get this big moment in the dome, I mean, to I, to me, I think that makes up for it. But I'm not I'm not the Kushida fan, so maybe I should just stay out of this. For you guys that are big Kushida fans, I could see why you're annoyed, and that's fine. And they just told a really good story. I think that was the problem that a lot of people were frustrated by. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's it. I mean, they, people that like him, they told a really good story of him sort of getting to that point, finally doing it, finally getting there, and then having it a month later go back to the the, the guy previous. It's sort of, yeah, I mean, this will make up for a little bit of it, but I think they told the perfect story in the summer and then sort of pulled it back, and that's the frustrating part I th- versus, you know, what what they did exactly. Because they had it. I mean, it was a great story. It was perfect for what you want to tell in a pro wrestling story. Think, and then it kind of went away right real quick. I think the idea was you're supposed to be annoyed that the guy beat him back for the title. And that now you're supposed to be excited for the chase. Yeah, I, I can see why people wouldn't. But be. the chase wasn't there. That's the other problem too. The chase was he went in tag matches immediately. Yes, that's the that's my biggest gripe too. Is that there wasn't really a chase, and then the build to this, Kenny Omega wasn't even there. So it was kind of Kushida just sitting in the ring, being like, eh, "I'm gonna win the title back." Like you know what I mean? Like the chase, they didn't do the chase then. And that's they did the chase, and he won it, and it was good. But then yeah, this I agree. If they had done a more developed chase, but there wasn't really anything. Yeah, this. and I totally get that. That's why yeah. that annoys people. I do think, though, if that first accidental one didn't happen, 
people wouldn't be as upset. There's two start of- stops on his resume. Yeah, and that's that's where I think people get some gripe. I personally don't, but yeah, I, th- I think some people do get that gripe as well. Yeah, I been, think a lot of people... It's twice now yes, that they've done the start exactly, stop with him. Yes. And, and, that and, and I don't think that's yeah. fair because I don't think the first one was Agreed. meant to happen. Yeah. But I think what happens here is he wins the title. And uh, how about this? How about this, Krejci? What do you think of this idea? Are we going to work ourselves into a shoot about the Kenny Omega heavyweight thing again? No, no, no. Because like, I'm down. I love that. Okay. Not really. No, not, not really. I think, how about he wins the title and Shelly turns on him? Okay. What do you think of that? that? And then they have a little Shelly Kushida program for the next couple months. I'd be fine with that because I think the, I think their tag team has sort of ran its course. So, yeah, I'm cool. And then cool that, that also gets Omega out of there, too. And you can do something mm-hmm. else with him because if Shelly and Kushida are... But what about his rematch clause, Joe? <laughs> He's going to Next match. <laughs> No, yeah, I'm going here. I'm sorry. Go, go, go. What'd you have? No, no, that was it. Because oh, okay. if, if if that's the direction, Kushida and Shelly, then Omega can move on, and you can work yourself into a shoot about the heavyweight thing. Yeah, exactly. So, which I will, because that's awesome. All right, so I'll move on to the next match: IWGP Tag Team Championship match. Uh, we talked about it a little bit at the top of the show. Bullet Club, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson, the champions, defending against Great Bash Heel, the last bastions of Great Bash Heel, Togi Makabe and Tomiaki Hanma. Yeah, so Hanma's gonna drop the fucking headbutt on one of these two geeks and we're never going to see them again, hopefully. And you, the ceiling doesn't get any higher than that, baby. <laughs> get guns and gallows out of here forever. And, uh, there is no floor. Well, Anderson because, could stay if you wanted, but, yeah, but that's the whole point. We got to get rid of Anderson <laughs> to get rid of gallows. Okay. Yeah. And, and to, and to get rid of this fucking stale ass tag team. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine if like gallows just hangs around? Like, what would he do? You know what I mean? Like, it'd be like him and Tonga or whatever. Just do it like the same. They just tell the same story. Like, it'd just he, be, oh, he'd be like Doc from Aces and Eights, you know? Right, exactly. You, you know what they'll do? I, whatever happened to that guy? I'll tell, tell you what they're going to do. Anderson's going to leave, okay? They're going to lose the titles. Anderson's going to leave. They're going to bring in Nux. And it's going to be oh, no. it's gonna be Doc and Nux. Stop. And they're going to win <laughs> Titles at stop. New Beginning, and they're going to hold them all year. That's what I might just do. exclusively go zero one. I might go exclusively zero one if that happens, but I won't be watching much. I'll basically retire from watching wrestling if I go exclusively zero one. But uh, wow, yeah, that'd be <laughs> if Nux comes out. Oh, God, who else is it? Uh, was Wes Briscoe ever in Aces and Eights? Yeah, of course he, he was. was right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gary Bischoff. Oh, oh, yeah. What's Gary Bischoff doing these days? What Florida India still? Uh, Hate booking Garrett Bischoff. I love that. I love it. My favorite thing ever about Twitter. And I always joke is like whenever we tweet about people blocking us, like some people go like, oh, yeah, I want to know. Like we all are always joking about it. Like we don't care. I never care. I, I find it hilarious most times when they do it. And I, I, it, wrestlers are well in their right to do it. So whenever we do that, that, that's what we do. But my favorite wrestler block ever is Gerald Briscoe blocking us because we talked shit about Wes Briscoe. That's Absolutely. my favorite thing ever. Like, cause I looked once, I, I, I don't know what made me click on Gerald Briscoe's Twitter account. And I was like, we're blocked by Gerald Briscoe. Huh? That's interesting. And then like, I go through the search timeline and I cannot find any interaction we ever had. I can't find us ever talking about Gerald Briscoe either. And then somebody, I forgot who, maybe it was you saying, oh, maybe we talk shit about Wes Briscoe. And I look and then there's like seven tweets from us being like, ah, look at this fuck face or whatever. And then I'm like, yeah, that's definitely what did it. Is that he, he, he vanity searches his son's name and then blocks people for talking shit about his son. He is a notorious. And I can't van- get over that. Like, that's the greatest thing ever. Like, he's a notorious vanity searcher of his son's name. And he, and he, and he, <laughs> and he blocks everybody who, you know, says anything remotely negative about his son and, of course, we had a lot of fun with Wes Briscoe during his short New Japan run, you know, master <laughs> of the figure four Wes Briscoe. So, you know, he, he saw that and he blocked us. But, uh, but yeah, so 
you know, this match is just going to be, you know, again, they're going to give you another dome moment here. Like they're going to do a Kushida and you're going to have, there's going to be a lot of feel good stuff on this show. Yeah, absolutely. So, and yeah, yeah. I, I think it's almost inevitable that Great Bash is, is, is winning this, right? I mean, there, oh, yeah, I, I, oh, there's I no question. It's, it's 100%. Yeah, no, I mean, they're winning the yeah. match and Hanma's getting the pin. I mean, or they may do that combo deal again where they do the headbutt and then the King Kong knee drop. Point is, they're winning yeah, the that, match. Yeah, that's a cool little combo, too. That's the same moment. I mean, you're getting the same moment out of that as well. Yeah, so and, 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 and it's like, you know, and Hanma, uh, you know, people, you know, wanted it for years and years and they've, they've moved the guy up. You know, they moved him up. They gave him the win at the end of the G1. Then he wins. He won a tournament. He won the damn tag league. He won a lot of matches. We really, I, I was when I was doing a lot of stuff for the, the the ebook or whatever, looking at the wins and losses or whatever. That dude had a he won a lot this year. He moved him up. They, and like getting pinfalls too, not just like winning because he was in the match or whatever. Like that dude, legitimately this year. I mean, like if you want to make that gripe that oh they're not doing enough with him, they've given him a lot of wins. And like you said, he won a damn tournament. So yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable when you see just how many pinfalls and how many falls he's actually had this year. It, it's it, it's telling. It's not a guy that you know. It's not a guy that they're still sort of have cold feet about. I mean, they, they, no, they and, moved and him, yeah, like you said, they moved him up. I think that's a perfect way to and then, to put and it. Once he won that G one match, it's like you can't go back to being the lovable loser anymore. It's like you had to, you got to move him up at that. You can't put it back in that box. That's, yeah, they, that's they what tried. we've been saying yeah. for years. I mean, once you do that and he wins a big match, you you better be careful and do it at mm-hmm. the right he could time. Just become a guy. Yeah, he could just become a guy, and then you know, in a year's time, we could be seeing here and being like, oh man, remember when Hanma was awesome? And like now he just kind of wins sometimes and sometimes loses. You know what I mean? Like that's going to now happen you with this, especially if he wins the title. And, and, yeah. and at that point, you can't go right. backwards. So you, you give him the win. They gave him the win. Now they, they elevate him, and that's the right thing to do. You got to move him up, and they move him up. So he won a tournament, and he's probably going to win a title. So, yep. you know, and then, and then you see what happens from there. The good thing is, you know, maybe I was wrong about everyone not being down with the four-way junior tag, but I don't think I'm wrong about this. I don't think there's anybody who would be unhappy with these tag team titles just finally going in a different direction than from Guns and Gallows, and that's finally – I think there would be literally zero people in the world that would be like, no, it needs to, you know, KS needs to come back and get him or whatever. And I, we love KS, of course. But, yeah, just having new teams in here I think is going to be super important here. Even if it's, you know, it's the, the Ingobernables with Naito and, and Evil or it's some combination. I mean, there's there's so many guys here that you can make teams of. I'd say, yeah, just blow up everything that you've done the past few years with this tag titles and just create new ones. You have Great Bash Shield who kind of come out of nowhere and win this thing. This is a great chance to really get these titles back to meaning – something or being at least somewhat remotely interesting every single night. So let's hope that they do that. Fingers crossed on that. But I kind of think so. I feel like once, once you go to Great Bash Hill, you've sort of all the past is sort of gone a little bit and, 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 and we'll see. But yeah, that's, that's the hope here. Uh, singles match, no titles on the line here. Uh, Hiroki Goto against Tetsuya Naito. I'm into this, man. I, it's like people are annoyed it's not Naito Shibata. Look, the Naito Shibata match stunk. It was a very disappointing. It was not very match. good. Well, I, it stunk is a strong word. It was very disappointing. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I think it was. <laughs> I think it was. I, I, how about this? The most disappointing match of the year in pro wrestling. Expectation wise, yeah. How about absolutely. that? Because everyone was hyped for that match and it did not deliver at all. I mean, it just wasn't a very good match. Why the hell would you want to see that again? And on top of that, everyone's all crying about rematch. It, that's a rematch, number one. And it was it's a rematch of a match that wasn't any good. So I'm happy with the Naito Goto decision. I'd rather see this match. And the fact of the matter is, I felt like they were built into this one anyway. All of their interactions were with each other. So and, and you know, Naito did the did the run in against when Goto faced Evil. So I don't have any problem with this match. And look, floor ceiling's tricky with this because if it's gonna be 
a lot of Naito and Los Ingobernables shenanigans, it's not going to be very good. If they just you know have a match, like Naito just had matches with people in the G1. If it's G1 Naito, this has a very high ceiling. If it's Tag League Naito, it has a very <laughs> low floor. Yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right with you there. I, for my prediction, sort of, I might put – I, I kind of think it's going to be on the low end. I think people are going to be a little bit more excited. I, I want to be excited about it too. I really think it, it, it has a chance, like you said, to be really good. I kind of think that you're going to get more of the sort of the tag league Naito. The, the story. You know, the story, yeah. And that's – I mean I get it why they're going to do that and I get that, you know, in this. But for me, I want a really good match here, but I, I just I, – I don't know. I feel like you're going to get more of the story Naito. And not like – you know, we talked about Omega and how they want to kind of control that and don't want him to be over the top or whatever. You can do – you know, Naito's thing isn't over the top. You can just sort of have him loaf. You can have Evil come in a bunch of times. You can have Bushi run into Mist Goto or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of stuff you can do. Shibata comes in and helps. Like that's what I, sort of what I see it being is that it's not really – it's not a silly match, but there's just a lot of interference. And it's a lot of like, you know, building to another big match coming up down the line. I just don't know if this is gonna be the big, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't a big blow off for this feud. This isn't like the last time these two are gonna face it. So that's sort of where I get the idea. It's gonna be a little bit of a story. But who knows? I, I don't know exactly. But my heart says it's gonna be sort of in the middle there, you know, somewhere around like three stars or whatever, which is totally fine. But I think, you know, judging by expectations, which are, are fairly high for this one. I, I don't know if it's gonna meet those completely agree. The story here doesn't feel like it's over. The issues between what's going on with these people involved. And I do think there's the possibility of a Goto turn here. I really do. I think uh, that ultimately could be what comes out of this. The problem is I don't know how you get there because you can't really have him turn against like Shibata or something because Shibata's in the next match. You know what I mean? Like if Shibata was wrestling earlier in the show, do you understand where I'm going with that? Then you could yeah. have Shibata like corner him or something and then turn on Shib- – but, but you can't do that with Shibata when Shibata has a big match, your third or fourth match from the top later in the show. So you know, if they do turn, I don't know how you get there. It would be a tricky – it's a real tricky spot on how you might turn. might not be now. might not be this night. It might be another night though. Right. But I, but I do think – You have the night of the heel turns here, Vince Russo. <laughs> you got Shelly turning, Goto turning. You know turning. what? That's a good point. They're not going to do them <laughs> – they're not going to do them twice in back-to-back matches. That's Guys not even on the show. They're turning. You know, you're, you're... you're right. That, yeah, oh, it's yeah. back-to-back match. Or no, it's not back-to-back. You got one match. Uh, there's, there's one buffer. There, yeah, but you're right. But... They're not going to do two big turns. You're right about that. But – um. <laughs> You know, I think the possibility is there that Goto does turn to some because you know where do you go with Goto at this point? I mean, he's kind of just on the outside. And yeah. This could freshen him up a little. You know, we talk about this th- whole thing freshening up Naito, and clearly he's going to be a big time player in 2016. You know, who needs a freshening up more than Goto? I mean, you know, he is what he is right now. It, it wouldn't be the worst thing to give it a shot, but who knows? But yeah, this could end up being you know the story match on the show for sure. Uh, who, who do you think is going to win this one? Really don't know. I mean, the thing yeah, it's is, hard to because the thing is, we know they're going to push Naito, right? And there's talk that Naito could be the Okada opponent in that new beginning, which and all of that makes sense. But with all of that said, Naito is in a unique position, and he's one of those guys that doesn't need to win to keep his heat. Yeah, a loss wouldn't matter whatsoever. He would sort of shrug it off too, and, and and the way his character works too, it, it, it works because he loses and he's going eh, whatever. That's you know what I mean? mean? It's like, kind of a brilliant yeah. gimmick. That perspective for him because losses will not hurt him, and he's kind and of delusional too. So he might even just like you know, like a loss wouldn't he would it wouldn't affect him in any way either. And he'd probably come out the next week and say, yeah, you know, I deserve a title shot. It's like you just lost, and you know, it, it, but that would work for his character. So it's what WWE thinks they have with Bray Wyatt, but they don't. 
because all of the losses have hurt Bray Wyatt. I don't think losses would hurt Naito. It doesn't because it, it's like the character – a character not caring about wins and losses is usually bad, but the manner in which he doesn't give a f- – it like enhances it for him. It, it's a weird deal. Sure. It's like it doesn't matter for him. So I don't know. It's I, not the happy-go-lucky don't give a fuck that so many people get upset with you know, with, with John Cena. It's been WWE main eventers for a long time is the I lost, the title got screwed out of my hands. But yeah, whatever. You know, I live, you know whatever, smile, I'll, I'll be right back or whatever. You, you know, that's the thing that I think people get pissed off. I think Naito the biggest thing with that though – with apathy is, is different. But. Yeah, yeah. It's like he almost yeah, I it's just a well, weird thing. I can't put my finger yeah. on why. It's yeah, I don't I don't know. But so it's it's a hard match to predict. I, I really I, I don't have any feel. I mean I will just say Naito because he put all the momentum, but I, I could easily see him losing. Certainly. All right, so I'll move on now to the never open weight championship. Tomohiro Ishii defending his title against Ketsuura Shibata. Um there's a lot of talk that they're gonna go in there. And forearm the fuck out of each other, and throw bombs, and drop each other on their heads, and 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 do very little selling, and just have a dick measuring contest where they beat the living shit out of each other. And rare- <laughs> that's exactly what I want. That's exactly <laughs> what I want. No, nah, I want I want Shibata working <laughs> Ishii's kneecaps for twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean, come on, that's what's gonna happen. Why the hell would you that's want anything <laughs> different than that? That sounds. Incredible. Please give me that. That's exactly what I want. Yeah, go watch a Shibata G1 match and go, yeah, this isn't what I want. This is like, you know, one of those high-end Shibata ones where it's like, oh my god, this guy is so, you know what I mean? Like, he'll do that in the G1s, and it's so, it's it's one of those ones where every single year everyone goes, oh my god, this guy is so good, why don't they do more with him? Here's a perfect time for them to just have him go do that sort of match. Yeah, I, that's, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'll be okay if that's what happens. I think, I think I'll get over it. I love that match psychology where you have two bulls Two super alpha males, two ultra masculine men who are too proud and too uh, super masculine to admit to the other that they're hurt. I love that kind of psychology. I like that stuff. And that's the kind of match that, th- that they've had before, these two guys. And that's the kind of match that they might have here. And, you know, they might do something a little different. Either yeah, way, I, I don't think gonna... I think they're going to do that. I mean, if you watch the World Tag League, I think that was enough of a hint to show that this is just going to be guys throwing chops and bombs at one another right away. I mean, that that one, even when they got tagged in on that final night uh, of uh, the Tag League or the final night of the the Road to Tokyo Dome, I think that was the one where you really got the idea that okay, these guys are just going to go out there and kill each other. I mean, there was Ishii was chopping Shibata's neck, you know, his like throat uh, in the corner, and they were just throwing elbows and forearm strikes. Whatever. I, I would be stunned if they do anything but have you know one of those type of matches or whatever. Which is, come on. I mean, why would, why would you want anything different out of these two guys? That, that's just insane. I think the floor and the ceiling on this match are identical because I can't see this being anything less than fucking violent and great. So I, 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 I can't, really can't see it. I can't see these guys going out there and not delivering on that. The only way so, I think it might not work is if it gets a little too long in the tooth, which has happened before on Wrestle Kingdom shows, especially with sort of these type of brawls. I mean, you remember in previous years, I think uh, it was a Makabe, it was Makabe and Ishii, right? Was there one a few years ago or maybe last year that it just seemed like it went on and on and on and on? And that's going to be a problem too. If this goes like 20 minutes of these guys doing forearm strikes, you know, because then it gets like, okay, let's, you know, let's hit forearm strikes for two minutes straight or whatever. And it's like, you don't need that. Like if this one's in somewhere in that, you know, 12 to 15 minute range, I think that would be perfect for it. I don't think it really works. As being a really super long match. That's the only way that I can see it not working. But but I don't see that happen. I think they're they're smart enough to know what these guys are kind of capable of and what they're what what they'd be best at. 
you make a good point though. It could go too long, and that would be a problem. That, that kind of match like, shouldn't be twenty. Minutes. Like the sitting, you know, they're both sitting next to each other and just hitting each other in the head for you know five minutes. You know, they're both headbutting each other for five. That gets a little long in the tooth, and that that you don't want to you, you want to kind of avoid that. But yeah, I, 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 I tend to think they will. I'm okay with all that stuff, but you can't do that kind of match and then go twenty minutes. You're right. You're absolutely right. It, it, it's yeah. got to be you know twelve to fifteen minutes, like you just said. Uh, who wins here? Does Ishii retain his title, or does Shibata get it? Man, how many times are we going to be fooled with this Shibata stuff? <laughs> I've given up on picking him. I mean, um, you know, I'd like to see him win, but I mean, I, I just don't. I don't know, man. I, I a lot depends on what happens with Naito and Goto. I mean, Shibata's in a weird spot right now. Um, so I, I'm just going to go with Ishii because I've picked a lot of title changes already. But I mean, you know, I don't put a gun to my head on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I've always, I've had trouble with this one. I'm sort of predicting what I think here. I'm gonna go Ishii as well, just because I don't want to be the fool that picks Shibata and let him not win, because that that happens a lot. Now, I don't do it, but every year in, a, in our G1 climax and New Japan Cup and every single thing that he could possibly be in, it happens. But yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Ishii uh, right now, just because yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen with the Goto thing. I don't know if they're gonna get another you know tag run or something. I, who knows? So that's sort of a little bit curious for me. I don't know about that, but. I'm gonna go Ishii here, but I don't feel very confident in it. If if that makes sense, I, I you know you don't. I, but I don't feel confident. I can't pick Shibata though. Like, you can't. Yeah, you just can't pick Shibata. But the the thing about the show that's interesting is the first half of the show has a lot of matches that are very predictable, and the second half of the show has a lot of matches where that can that are legitimate coin flips, which is interesting, and it'll be a lot of fun to watch because you really don't know which way that a lot of these matches are going. Yeah, and that, that leads us in right to the next one, which I think is going to be a real, real interesting match from a story standpoint and, and a future standpoint of, of guys, you know, what's going to happen in the future of New Japan and what's going to happen in 2016. And that's Shinsuke Nakamura defending his IWGP Intercontinental Championship against the Bullet Club leader, AJ Styles. Um, maybe give a floor or ceiling, and then we'll kind of go into the narratives around this match in a little bit. But this is a highly anticipated one by a lot of people, and, and rightfully so. I think the ceiling is, I, I mean, the ceiling's, it's five star, right? Like, I mean, that's that because legitimately, right? Like, I, I just I, I don't see the floor. I, I see it about four star. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't see anything other than those two scenarios happening. The ceiling is a match of the year contender, a legitimate yeah. match of the year contender. Uh, the floor is is something goes wrong with AJ Styles back, and and they just have to, you know, coast it home. And because if both of these guys. Are you know are healthy and produce? There's no way this isn't going to be excellent. But with that said, Rich, I will say this: we don't know what kind of chemistry they have together. So true. You know that that's another disclaimer because the fact that they've been kept apart and have never worked together at all, you know, is also kind of a question mark because we don't know if they're going to work well together. But the thing is, AJ Styles in particular is so fucking great that I can't conceive in my mind that he would have a disappointing match here and i'm not someone who's worried about his health at all i I have zero concerns about his health i think that um even if he's hurting he knows what's at stake here he knows how important the match is he's going to go out there he's going to gut it out and he's going to deliver i have no concerns about his health my bigger concern is the fact that they've never worked together but the fact that aj styles is so great and the that Nakamura, even though he tends to have down moments, 
you know, on but never this kind in big of show, moments. I don't see Nakamura. Yeah, never in big moments. And that, that's the thing that gets me is, yeah, I agree. If this was like some random Dominion show or something like that, I would say, yeah, you know, it could be disappointing or whatever. But not in this atmosphere. I mean, Nakamura always delivers on the big stage, almost always. And I'm, I'm a guy who's not you – know, I like the character a lot, but I think a lot of people sort of give him a pass for having a lot of really – Kind of mediocre, or not? Maybe not mediocre is the right word, but but disappointing. You know, sort of main event level matches from time to time, but never on a dome show, and never in a big moment does he ever not deliver. And that, and that's why, yeah, like the G one finals we talk about as well. That's another huge one as well. I just I don't. And then like you talk about the guy on the other side. I mean, there's just no scenario well, where I think it, 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 well, not, oh, go ahead. Nakamura's had some. Nakamura's had some shaky dome main events in his previous life well the pre- but, yeah the previous but that's almost a whole different guy like you know what i mean like that's yeah. it's hard to really for me to attribute that guy to this guy like, there, there's they couldn't be yeah. farther apart from each other like if you if you watch him i didn't tell you talk, that you're talking about modern you're talking about modern exactly nakamura. right modern nakamura over the last you know four years or whatever i mean yeah this guy's delivered you know in every big spot hasn't delivered in the spot starts you know quite to the level that i think people you know like i said people i think in a lot of times do give him a pass for some of that stuff, but but regardless, yeah, in this spot, it's going to be fine. And then like a guy like AJ Styles, which I was going to say, is like you said, health. If, if the guy can't move his back, if he's just so laid up that he can't even move, yeah, that's going to. But if he's able to go and he has a little bit of pain and, you know, hey, tomorrow this is going to hurt or on the flight home, this is going to. He's not a guy who's going to coast. I mean, that's not AJ Styles. It's never been AJ Styles. The guy delivered even on TNA in the darkest days of TNA when he was doing nothing. He still went out there and had great matches. So, yeah, I, like to me, like the floor is like I said, it's it, the floor to me is honestly like four stars. And that'd be like supremely disappointing if it's that. And the ceiling is five stars. And I, I, I think it's going to fall. You know, my gut says we're getting a match of the year contender here. I absolutely believe that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as the, the, the result here. Uh, easy Nakamura win, or do we get something interesting there where Styles maybe wins the title? Again, this is a thing where either guy can win, and um, I, I I really don't have a good feel for it. I would like to see AJ Styles with this title. I think that would be interesting. I think it would free up Nakamura to do some different things too. Um, it could also mean that they wrestle each other twice more, which I have no problem with, especially if this match delivers because we've never seen it before. I wouldn't mind these guys going at it three times. Um, so I'm going to say AJ Styles wins the title. I'm picking a lot of title changes, but, um, uh, you know, and that actually, well, now's me, the time to do it. This is the show to do it. That, <laughs> that gives me even more reason to just stick with Ishii because I'm really confident in, and Red Dragon too, for that matter, because I'm, yeah. I'm really confident that Great Bash Heel and Kushida are going to win. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it can't. Do a million title changes, so right. Not every title Ishi- cannot change. <laughs> like something has to be retained. Yeah, right. So either Ishi or Red Dragon, you would think, are going to retain. Let me tell you, if Red Dragon loses, Ishi's going to win because you're not going to do. You know what I mean? Because then you'd have four title changes in a row. I mean, nothing's impossible, but I just don't see it going that way. But I, I'm going to pick Styles here. Yeah, I, I like the styles too, and that, you bring up a good point. We've we've you know talked about it a lot in the past year. Is that you know Styles is a guy that you could really give that title to, and and if he's here for the long term, if he's sticking with New Japan at least for the rest of the year, that's a guy you can you can main event a show with. AJ Styles is your Intercontinental Champion, you know, as, and that's the thing that we always got to remember with this IC title. I think people, you know, we we talked about it a few months ago where people got nuts about you know Goto losing the title. Is that this this title has to main event show sometimes, so it's got to go to a guy that they can trust be in that spot or whatever. And I, I think AJ Styles absolutely could do. I mean, we, we, we've seen the draw. We've seen the cachet that he's built in Japan that AJ Styles versus somebody could 
definitely main event a, a big show and 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 make it matter so that that's that's going to be an interesting part of him that yeah him with this title really opens up a lot of stuff i like it it gets him out of the world title which is i think is the best for right now because he's kind of he'd be kind of weird if he's in that picture nakamura can free up to do something else perhaps he you know gets a few title shots here or there maybe he's in the title picture or whatever i like that i think styles getting in there working that sort of stuff working with different guys a little bit more than he's been working with for the past year i like that story a lot so i would go with styles winning this title here I don't know if they're going to do that. I would sort of think so, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like you said, it's a coin flip one, and then that's cool. That you know, going into that not knowing hundred percent is nice because there are some matches like you said that are mortal locks here. So it's good to have a few here where you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Styles can headline shows, and if they do Styles and Nakamura a couple more times, that's a headline show for any show that they do. Sure. Yeah, you're good until the the summer then, basically between those two. If you really wanted to, if you want to do that, I mean, right. I, I would. So it would vary it a little bit, but if they don't want to, if they want to have one of the new beginnings be the rematch, okay. <laughs> like you said, it's the second time ever that Nakamura and AJ Styles have faced each other, and that, that'll, be, that'll be okay for, I think, a lot of people. So, and, if not, yeah, cool and, if Nako, I, and if Nakamura wins this first one, you can't do that. So it just makes more sense that Styles uh, – I'm really talking myself into Styles here. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think it's a really good story too, and I think it, it gives Styles something to do as well because if he loses this, then like you said, he either gets those IC title shots, kind of floats around, but then he's just kind of like a hanger on. It's like, all right, dude, what are you doing, man? Like, get out of here. Like, and then he can't really go to the world title right now either. It doesn't really make sense. So yeah, having him in this slot, I think works really well, and it just opens up a lot of new matches for that division as well. That's been so stifled by Nakamura, and and I use stifle and not a negative term, but just that he's been there for so long and he's had all those matches now. He's had every IC title match you can even think of. It's time to get some new blood in this IC title. Make 2016 a little bit different. I think this would set the stage for it to be a different thing. But you don't. You're, it's not a massive risk either with Styles being the champ. You know what I mean? Like not that's all. fine. It's no like risk said, at all. And you can do. He main events shows now. Okay, cool. Like that's fine. It's not like okay, let's take a risk on Shibata main eventing shows. I mean that that's a massive risk. Or uh, Kotobushi, you know, a few months ago people were you know mentioning uh, as a possible contender for that as, as well. I mean that those are kind of risks. It just Styles isn't a risk. They've they know this guy can draw they know he's a big deal so yeah that works i think i think what it also does if he wins is you can headline the bigger new beginning show with the aj styles nakamura rematch which frees up okada for a smaller title defense or to sure. do something else because coming off of that huge match that we're about to talk about and i guess we could just transition right into it i'm not sure that you know 27 days later or whatever or a month later or a month and a half whatever it is i don't you know I'm not sure immediately the next month you want to put Okada right back into some intense big time match with a top contender. You know, you might want to because this is going to be a huge match. So I don't know if you go right to Naito immediately. I don't know if you go right to, you know, I, you know, I don't know if Kota Ibushi comes out from the back and, and challenges him at the end of this show and you go right to that. And look, I'm not saying Kota Ibushi come out. <laughs> I'm just trying to make so it reported. You know, before, before people get nuts about it, I understand Scoops. he's hurt. Relax. <laughs> My point here is then you can do Okada versus the Rambo winner, or you can do Okada in a tag match or something. You know what I mean? You don't have to have him in some big-time match on either of the new beginning shows. You could easily headline the bigger one with Nakamura AJ, and you can fill the smaller building with almost anything. And then, yeah, let's get into that main event here that you uh, alluded to a little bit, Okada. Shigo Okada defending, or sorry, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, defending his IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Hiroshi Tanahashi in the main event rematch of last year's Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, floor ceiling with this one, Joe. I feel like <laughs> five stars is your floor and your ceiling. Well, no, no, it's not actually. the The thing is, I'm curious on your floor. Uh, I'm very curious. Well, yeah, the ceiling is your worst case scenario. Is I'm I'm curious. The ceiling's easy. The, the ceiling is one of the greatest matches of all time because they've had 
in, in my opinion, last year, they had one of the greatest matches of all time. So I know that they're capable of having one of the greatest matches of all time. Do you ever, do you ever go back and start to interrupt? Do you ever go back and rewatch or do you tend to just kind of, I try not to rewatch. I, I, I don't know. I, to me, the moment matters and it's like, leave the memories alone. You know what I mean? But I'm not a, against rewatching or anything. Why? Cause what's your point here? Well, cause this one really, you know, going back after the night after Russell Kingdom, I think we did a show, you know, one or two days after Russell Kingdom and in the moment, you know, my match was, I love Nakamura Bushi. That was it. That was, oh my God, this is, this was my, one of my favorite matches ever match of the night. No doubter. And I liked Okada and Nakamura or Okada Tanahashi. I really did. I really thought it was very good. I think I gave it like a four and a half or something like that. I, I loved it. I didn't think it was the, one of the greatest matches ever in the moment. But then, you know, I went back because for, for a match of the year, I always do go back. And I know some people don't like that. But but I like to sort of I have one of my ratings is like my in the moment ratings. And that's OK. There you go. But then I like to go back and see because sometimes I get caught up in the motion and maybe the match wasn't as good as I thought or something. like that. I like to go back and rewatch. I like to kind of refresh my memories before I do the match of the year. So I went back and I rewatched both these matches. And that Okada Nak- uh, Tanahashi, I keep saying Okada Nakamura, Okada Tanahashi blew Nakamura and Ibushi away, like absolutely blew it away. And I couldn't believe it. I was just sitting there stunned, and I went, how did I think that Nakamura Bushi was better? And that's, that's not a slight against Nakamura Bushi at all. That's still a fantastic match, and it held up well, but it, it didn't hold up as well as I thought. And then Okada Tanahashi, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was maybe just focusing on a little bit more. Maybe I wasn't tired. I don't know what it was exactly. But when that thing was over, I went, oh, my God, that is so far and away my match of the year. And it wasn't even close. Whereas, you know, the night after, I, I, you know, it, I thought it was the second best match on the card. And then it was a no doubter after I rewatched it. So I was curious if you had the same um, sort of uh, uh, experience. But if you don't rewatch, yeah, you you really wouldn't know. But I'm curious if any of, any of our listeners do. Please let me know if you've went back and rewatched these and maybe changed your thoughts. Because I know in the moment most people were on Nakamura Bushi. Now as the years kind of gone on, a lot of people have sort of went on the Tanahashi Okada side. So I think people have maybe went back and rewatched it and seen that it it, it just ages really well. And I, I can't really put my finger on why that is, but it, it, it was significant for sure. Alan, Alan just went back and watched that match and, and he was blown away by how great it was on the rewatch too. So, and that was like earlier today or yesterday as a matter. Cause I think that was the first time I really was able to focus. Cause actually, no, I, I remember now I've watched both. I've, I've, I saw both those matches back to back on, on consecutive nights. Cause I watched the Japanese feed the night of, and then I went with some friends to a bar to watch the, the English feed uh, when they did it. So I've actually saw both those matches twice, but this was the first time that I was able to really just kind of sit down. I didn't really have anything I was worrying about. I wasn't on Twitter. I wasn't worrying about a review. I wasn't, you know, I, I just went back and said, okay, here's the match. Let me watch it. And that's when I think it really clicked with me. And I really was able to, to every little move, every little nuance or whatever was able to kind of, it, it, it was able to get in my brain a little bit more than it was maybe the night of when I'm tired or, or the next day when I'm in a crowded bar or whatever. It was, it was fun to kind of go back and rewatch that. And that, that's why I do those rewatches because there are circumstances where I got dogs crawling on me. I got, you know, stuff happening. You know, I'm trying to put a review up. I'm, I'm posting images on the site to get it ready to post to the website or whatever. Where Sometimes I need to go back and just with, without context, just sit down and, and, and just watch it again. And that's, I think this match grew on me so much. And that's why this one, I, I just really think it's going to be spectacular this year. Yeah. And I hope I had the chance to sit down and really enjoy it for what it is in the moment and not have to sort of go back to rewatch it. The, th- the thing is, I, I, you know, Alan made a good point though. He said the match last year was so good that he doesn't think they can match it. It's like, it was that good. And, I, I that that's kind of why I, I tend to agree with that. I I feel like we said that last year though. 
Did we? I mean, we I, we did, yeah. Because remember, Okada went out there and said, "Oh, this is going to be a six star match." Good, remember, you make a good that? point. Yeah. And we you laughed at him. We go, "Come on, man! Yeah. What are you talking about?" I mean, you guys had that great invasion attack match. You had the great, you know. The, there's no. I mean, what, we we said here right now, what's the ceiling for an Okada Tanahashi match? They're going to disappoint us because how could they do better? And I, I remember, I remember having this conversation. So we were talking about that six star comment that he made. And we were kind of like, "Okay, dude, like what?" Yeah, what are you do? I remember now. The idea was they're setting themselves up for disappointment because they're telling us that they're going to have one of the greatest matches of all time. Right. Okada said, I am going to have the greatest match of all time. And then they went out there and had one of the greatest matches of all time. I'm I'm not prepared to say it's the greatest match I've ever seen. It's in the conversation for me. I said it at the time. I say it now. Um, To me, it was just next level pro wrestling psychology. Shit. It it inspired you to write an entire piece about it. Yeah. So it's like that match was just so smart and, and, and so brilliantly laid out. Nobody saw that any of that coming either. And then the shit talk afterwards, which here's what I'm hoping for in this match. I hope we get shit talking Tanahashi from last year when he was shit talking Okada as Okada was leaving the ring and DDT, that DDT Tanahashi. I want prick asshole Tanahashi who is convinced that he's so much better than this kid and that he's just going to beat him again. And I think that will make it for an interesting dynamic for this and a dynamic that they've never really had. And, and, and that'll be something fresh in the eighth match. Yeah, Okada is the one trying to prove himself as opposed to Okada being the cocky well, dickhead. Yeah, and, yeah, Okada not being the cocky dickhead and Tanahashi being heel Tanahashi. Heel Tanahashi is great. I mean, and it just goes to show how great this guy is because he could do anything. When he's an asshole prick heel, he's just he, – uh, he, he does it in such a smarmy, like, like asshole way that you want to smack the shit out of him. And that's – you know, and that's – I, if he brings that Tanahashi to the table here, and I think he will, based on how they finished the I do too, yeah. I, I think based off last year and the comments, and people, if, if you don't know, last year he basically, when he grabbed the mic, you know, of course it was in Japanese, so we didn't know, but he said something to the effect of, you know, you have a lot to learn, kid. Uh, you know, you're nowhere near my level. You know, stuff like he that. I, I don't said, know exactly. You, yeah. you are not ready to be the ace. If that's, I mean, right. you know, and you're not at my level, and, you know, he made fun of him for crying and, and all that, and. You know, it's like the cocky punk kid got what was coming to him from the true ace of the company, the baddest motherfucker in the company, you know, and and that was the story. And I think this year was about Okada getting more serious and having – he'll have a completely different outlet. The the Tenru match to me was the dawn of the new Okada. People say his character growth went nowhere this year. Those people are nuts. I have no idea what they're, what they're, what they're watching or paying attention to. For people who say Okada's character hasn't grown this year. I mean, the Fale feud and the Tenru match, I mean, speak directly against that. I mean, this is the year Okada became a man. I agree. I, I think my biggest gripe was I just don't – I thought it would be better. The better story at least would be this being the culmination – Versus him winning that title then again, you know, in the spring or the, or the early summer. That I didn't necessarily like. I liked the whole year of building this up. And then having him this be his moment when he wins. Of course, you'd have people complain that Tanahashi would be the champion going in here or whatever. But to me, that was the better story. Not, not only that, but you'd also have Okada winning the G1 two years in a row. Exactly. I, I don't care about that. I'm fine with that. But I know people would get gripes about that. But I thought that, to me, was the better story, is that it culminates in this. Because it seemed like you know you had something there where, where he, he had to rebuild himself against Fale. But then after he rebuilt himself against Fale, he just went and won the title again. And it was like, okay, I, I you know I would have liked a little bit more gradual stuff and then culminate here where this is the listen, big moment. I don't yeah. disagree with that. But you're leaving out one detail. He also had to avenge against AJ. And then where do you squeeze that in? Do you squeeze True. that in after this match at some point? 
You know what I mean? But if if they knew the plan all along was to do AJ Nakamura, you see where I'm going with this? If if, if you do it that way, which I don't have a problem with, because I agree, winning the title for Tanahashi <laughs> is the better story. But then be, uh, you forget a big thing earlier this year was a big thing was avenging the AJ loss. So they had to squeeze that in at some point. So that's the only minor detail that throws a wrench into it. So I, I don't know. I could go either way on it. I really I, I don't mind what you just laid out, but I really don't mind what they did here either because he did have to beat AJ. But I just think it was too soon. I think the title win was a little too soon. If you want to do the AJ yeah, thing, maybe I thought I, I thought maybe a September or something like that would have been a better story yeah, maybe in respect yeah, yeah and that's that's another well and that's i guess you, you don't, don't have I guess you to don't I mean, have to do that's right that's true you could do it after. that's you know that's wwe style thing where ah, well, you know, that's booking yourself and you don't have to do it i mean you could could do it the other way but yeah that that would be probably my better story versus in may because I, I like that i thought the redemption story was great and i thought the folly stuff was great but i just thought it needed a little bit more legs i think you know, he, he went all the way to the bottom, but then he was right back at the top, you know, in a few months. And I thought it was a little bit better. But no, and that's and I'm not arguing at all about the character progression thing. I mean, that is so glaringly obvious that if people don't understand that, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like you're, you're just you're as to take a word, you know, a quote from you, you're lost if you don't get that. But to me, it would have been a better story, maybe a little bit more of a rise. And then this be the moment where he wins the title and avenges the loss. But I, I, get, I get it from both the end, ends as well. So, um but yeah, I, I like the story regardless, and I think it's going to be a fantastic match. I mean, for me, my floor and ceiling is five star. I, I really just don't see a scenario where these two have something wow. anything less than great. I, re, I I just cannot fathom it. Other than somebody getting hurt, you know, Tanahashi blowing his back out, you know, in the first five minutes. But other than that, that's all I can really see as a worst case. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, they had their worst match against each other in the dome. The uh, first one they had in the dome. I thought was their worst match, which was still a great match. I mean, I think I had that at at four, four on the dot. Um, but I, I, the thing is, the reason I'm not prepared to be as crazy about it as you are and just guarantee a five-star match is the letdown, like the letdown from last, because last year's match was so good. There is a mm-hmm. chance that there could be a bit of a – that they could go out there. Look, Rich, they could have a great match and people could think it's a letdown because last year was so awesome. Oh, I think it might be a I, – I think yeah, I think regardless, it might be a letdown for a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's, that's a totally fair point. And, and right or wrong, you know, everything matters in terms of, of, of a match. You know, I'm a firm believer in the crowd, the stakes – how big the show is, where it's positioned on the show, have they wrestled? I think all that stuff matters when it comes to. I don't. I don't. Th- I don't really rate matches in a vacuum. Where you know what I mean when I say that it everything matters. So if the match is, is disappointing compared to the year before, I think that'll hurt this match a little bit. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I I tend to think it won't, but yeah, I think that's fair for a lot of people. So you absolutely. you are you you're just. You, you've heard enough of they can't you, – you're sick and tired of this. Every year we say it about the G1. Every time these guys face each other, we say it. <laughs> right. And you you are now taking the stance of fuck it. These guys are really great and they can keep topping themselves. That's yeah, basically I think your so. stance. I mean at least I, there's probably some point where they can no longer do it. But as long as, long as both guys are still healthy – and I think Okada is so much of a more an improved worker than like you said at the Wrestle Kingdom 8, I believe. Uh, was the one that they had their first uh, Wrestle Kingdom match. I, I forget if it was eight or seven, but yeah, you look at um, 
you know, Okada's progression since then. And Tanahashi is every bit as good as he was then, too. I mean, there might become a time where in two years these guys face each other. Maybe Tanahashi's went through a rash of injuries. Then, yeah, then I would say, you know, eh, no, it's probably not going to live up to that. But as long as both guys are super healthy and ready to go, which I believe, I mean, they obviously are. And at least if there's a story in it and it's in a big moment in a big match on a, on a big card, yeah, I, I think they can absolutely top them, continue to top themselves. Or at least maybe, maybe not top, but, but stay just as good. You know, also have another almost one of the best matches of all time. You know what I mean? Like that's that's. But I, I get your point too. That it might be if it's only just if it's four and a quarter. You know, if it's four and a half or four and three quarters, people are going to be disappointed. And that's that's gonna. But that's the fun of it, though. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm cool with it. But yeah, I, I I think as long as both are healthy, yeah, they're they're absolutely capable of topping last year. And I mean, they're three and three with the draw, right? Correct. Yeah. So I mean, everything points to Okada winning. What if Tanahashi wins? No one's talking about that. Ooh. Now, 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 now think this through because no one's even no. considering that possibility. And it would seem to make no sense. It would make no sense. It would make no sense. Yeah. Now, now, let me ask you this because no one has really addressed this. And I'm curious what you think. If Tanahashi wins, do you think that sends business spiraling downward because people are like, oh, fuck this shit? Um, no, I don't know if it necessarily does that, but I just, maybe not short term, but maybe long term, because maybe you blew a chance to make Okada just that next level superstar or whatever. And I, I wrote in the ebook as well for, for a guy as well that I think, I, I think Okada has more appeal to Western fans as well than Tanahashi, which I, I think Tanahashi's great. Uh, you know, obviously, of course, of course they do, but I think for a lot of the stuff that they want to do in the future of New Japan and all that sort of stuff, I think Okada's your guy and making him the face of your company you know, for the next 10 years or whatever, I think is the best move. You know, maybe it's not going to be immediately in the aftermath. Everyone's going to say, ah, screw this. We're done or whatever. We quit. But, you know, it could be it could have long term ramifications in terms of how Okada, you know, progresses in the next you know decade or whatever. Or, or you know, how he, you know, uh, how big of a draw he is in the, in the, you know, the long term as well. I think, yeah, I think there could be ramifications to that. I don't know if it's going to be instant, but yeah, I, 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 I don't think that'd be a good I, I think creatively and business wise, it'd be a terrible move. I'm more interested to go back and watch the first two matches than I am le- the the Wrestle Kingdom match. I've I've watched the Wrestle Kingdom match I think three times. I'm pretty sure I know what I what I what I think about that match because I watched it live. Then I watched Jim Ross and Stryker call it, and then I watched it like a couple days later. And you know my opinion never changed. It's just one of the greatest matches I've ever seen um, for reasons that people can go back and listen to. I'm not going to do it all again here. Um, but I'm more interested to go back to the to two 2012 matches. Okay, Okada wins at New Beginning, right? And people were blown away because Okada looked like such dog shit at Wrestle Kingdom the month before against Yoshihashi to the point where he got booed when he came out the challenge. He not only shocks the world and wins the title, but people were shocked at how great the match was. Yeah, That's a match I'd want to go back and watch with the benefit of having watched all their other matches since because I wonder if that one is the one that holds up. And then the following match where Tanahashi won the, mat- won the title back, I think – Dominion, I think Osaka, where Tanahashi won the title back from Okada a few months later. In fact, it was Osaka. I'm almost positive. I'd put, I'd put money on that. And uh, now that I think about it, and I, and I don't remember a ton about that one other than the narrative going in was, okay, is this Okada for real? And then they went out there and killed it again, and people were like, oh, yeah, this guy's fucking for real. This guy's a fucking mm-hmm. the most improved wrestler of the year, and it, he looks to be just someone who came out of nowhere and who's truly great. But I would like to go watch those two. I'm more interested in rewatching those two matches because the matches after that, 
then they had the Wrestle Kingdom seven match. I think you said six before, but it was I think it was seven. And was it seven? Okay. Re- oh, no, I, I said seven. I think it was seven, but I wasn't sure if it, it, it was six. Yeah. Was what I oh, okay. Seven was the one I thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe I said eight. I don't know. I, I lose track of which ones are which. It, it, <laughs> 2013. Okay, 2013. Right. There you go. Which I'm pretty sure was seven. That match I remember well. I remember that being my least favorite of the series. I thought that match was the flattest match that they had, even though the work was fine. It was just flat for whatever reason. Then it was Invasion Attack, which I think most people would say was their best match until the Dome match last year. And there may be some people who still rate the Invasion Attack match ahead of the Dome match, which I I don't think is unfair. The Invasion Attack match was a great match. I gave that five stars. Yeah, so I would I would I actually haven't gone back and watched that one in a while. Yeah, I'd I'd be curious on that one because that is my favorite uh, of theirs. Maybe even better than the Wrestle Kingdom one, even if even as much as I love that Wrestle Kingdom one, I'd be interested to see how that one holds up because it's been a long time since I watched that one. Then you had the G One draw, which again I thought was their third best match. I would put that uh, behind the Tokyo Dome and the Invasion Attack. I got the G One draw third, and I think I'm the high man on that match. I loved that fucking match. I loved everything. Of, I loved every single second of that G One draw. Loved it. Um, and then they had the uh, King of Pro Wrestling 2013, where Okada defended against Tanahashi. That was a great match. I think I have that one fourth behind the draw. And then, of course, Wrestle Kingdom 9. And now we're going to have this match. So, um, you know, it's, 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 you know, look, they're capable of having another all time great match. The thing is, with this Tanahashi, you can never, like, write him off because he's, he's such a great worker and he's so smart and he always finds a way to have a great match and he never fails to deliver ever in a big spot. He never fails to deliver, it just never happens. You gotta go back years and years and years. We've talked about this, and we couldn't even figure it out. The last time that this guy didn't deliver huge in a spot like this, the guy is just great. He's just a brilliant pro wrestler, and 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 you know, there's no way that this isn't a great match. The question for me is, will it be an all-time great match? And unfortunately for these two men, that's where they've raised their bar. They've got to go out there and have an all-time epic match, or I think some people are going to be disappointed. And I'm now positive we had this conversation last year. Yeah, we did. I think you had the same rant, exactly, like word for word, and and that's yeah. I think that's the funny part of it. I, I remember us having this conversation too, and that's it'll be interesting to see. I, I really, I mean, that that that's gonna be half the the fun for me of watching this is 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 can you top it? You know, can you do better than you did last time? And that that's these guys have you know <laughs> more times than not delivered that. I mean, if you really look at that, I was, I was looking back. I mean, they've had now three straight matches. I think uh, wouldn't it be? Yeah, it would be three straight after that Wrestle Kingdom one. Where they delivered and delivered big, four. like delivered four. If you count the draw, what'd you think of the draw? Um, no, because it would have been here. Because you have the 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 invasion attack followed uh, the Wrestle Kingdom one, then you had the draw, and then you had the Wrestle Kingdom uh, okay. nine forget, match. Right, forgetting King of Pro Wrestling, so there was four. That was after. That was before. I think wasn't it? Was it? October of two thousand thirteen. Was it really? Okay. And wasn't the G one draw in the two thousand? 13 G1 or was it? Yeah, it was 2013 G1. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been Invasion Attack G1. Oh, I see. Okay. I see the King of Pro Wrestling now. Sorry about that. Yeah. So it's been four. Yeah. You're right. Okay. King of Pro Wrestling and Wrestle Kingdom 9. And, you know, yeah, four really, really great matches. Like match at a year level or slash all time great matches. I don't think the Wrestle Kingdom 7 match was a match at year contender. And. Like I said, I don't remember enough about the other two. The, the, the 2012 matches are such fuzzy memories now. It's like those are the ones I want to go back and watch. Because I think, you know, again, it could have been – they could be enhanced by just the freshness of Okada and how surprised everyone was at how, how, how great he, that he was all of a sudden. 
So those I'm more curious about. I remember a lot about the rest. All right. And of course, uh, they'll wrap up our section on Wrestle Kingdom. But of course, we'll have plenty of coverage here on the website. Uh, we'll have previews, reviews. We'll be talking about it. the forums will be blowing up about it. Twitter will be blowing up about it. We'll have coverage nonstop about it as well. And uh, all the little build up to that as well. A little mention I've mentioned a little few times here and there. Uh, the ebook that we do. If you remember last year, we did a New Japan Year in Review ebook. We're doing it yet again this year. I have uh, I did a draft of it not uh, a little bit earlier today, and it came in. I, it, it's going to be I think over two hundred thousand words. Um, with like a normal size font, I think it was like seven hundred or uh, nine hundred fifty pages, rather on an ebook format. So I mean, you're getting like an unbelievably large uh, uh, book, uh, which is tons of stuff. I mean, the, the minute we stopped last year's, we were thinking about what we could do for this one, and there's so much stuff going into it, and so much work's been put into it in terms of essays, in terms of the wrestler profiles, in terms of expanding that uh, statistics. All I mean, everything that we could do. I mean, we've I've almost been exclusively the past month working on it, and I, I can't wait till it gets released. But you'll see it at least, uh, I'm hoping, a day before G- uh, Wrestle Kingdom. It might be the day of Wrestle Kingdom just because of circumstance with, with New Year's, where it falls, and, and, and Wrestle Kingdom being on a Monday and all that other good stuff. But we're going to try to get it out to you as soon as possible. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be well worth uh, whatever amount you choose to pay. And, and the other good part is you don't have to pay. If you want to give us zero and just try it out, that's fine. If you want to give us $20, you can do that. If you want to give $2, that's fine. We're going to do the same thing in the name of your own price as well. So it'll make it uh, whatever you feel like you want to give us for that, then feel free to do so. So that's that'll be really cool. But uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think a lot of hard work has been put into it. I think people are going to be very happy with it. I Like like Tanahashi Okada, I, we, we always have to deliver to the next step because I think everybody loved last year's. And I think we did. I think we topped ourselves from last year. One more thing. Everyone says, well, not everyone, but there's some people who say these guys have wrestled a lot. People are getting tired of it. Are they getting tired of it? New beginning, uh, the match where where Okada won the title, right, Rich? See if you follow me here. That's your 6,200 fans. Remember, very tepid response at the Dome for the challenge. 6,200 fans. They go back to Osaka. Different building now. For the, you know, four months later where Tanahashi won the title back. 6,850. Okay, more interest in that one. Uh, from Wrestle Kingdom Seven, that that did twenty nine thousand. Then Wrestle Kingdom Eight, they didn't face each other. Wrestle Kingdom Nine did thirty six thousand, uh, up from the thirty five thousand the year before. Okay, Invasion Attack in uh, um, Sumo Hall, eighty two hundred. That was WrestleMania weekend. Invasion Attack two thousand thirteen. The, the next match was in Sumo Hall again, the King of Pro Wrestling match, 9,000. Every time these guys have faced each other, they've drawn more fans than the previous time, and they've done it in the exact same city. And in, some, and in two of the cases, the same building. So where is this evidence? Where's the evidence that the fans are tired of this match? When every time they have a match, they draw more fans than the last time. I, that's rhetorical. I'm, I'm not asking you for an yeah, answer. Yeah, my, my dog answered. My dog answered. But, but I mean, I where's the evidence? Said, <laughs> Twice in Sumo Hall, yeah. the attendance grew. Twice in Osaka, the attendance grew. Between the two years in Wrestle Kingdom, the attendance grew by 7,000 fans. They went from 29,000 fans in their first match to 36,000 fans last year. So we have three direct comparisons. You can't get more direct than that. It's the same buildings. Yeah, that's pretty nice. That's very convenient, e- New Japan. Thank and you. And each time, the <laughs> attendance grew. So I'm just asking, where's this evidence that people are tired of it? Now, if you're personally tired of it, 
fine. But again, this runs into another situation where that's not how bookers have to book. Booker's job is to make money. Not a single one of these Okada Tanahashi rematches is disappointed at the gate. They've grown from the prior matchup. I mean, you know, and that's something I've never looked at, Rich, until five minutes ago while you were selling the ebook. I was like, let me take a look at the attendance of these matches. And it really just struck me. It's like, where does this argument come from? I mean, there's no basis for it. With that said, before we move on to Noah, what do you think this show draws? They did 36,000 last year. Where are you on this? Yeah, it's been kind of interesting. I'm trying to read some of the stuff that people are mentioning. You know, we, we of course, last year and, and this year, we have some few people that will, you know, have got news clippings from Japan or were in Japan to know about the, the shows and, hey, I went for tickets and here's what was available and all that sort of stuff. My gut is that it's probably a little bit down is what I would say. And I, I don't know exactly why. I just sort of have this feeling. I'm going to go. What would you say last year's was 36? 36. I feel like a 34, 33 for whatever reason I feel like. I don't know why. I don't really have a, a strong uh, you know, basis for that, but it just kind of feels like uh, from all the reports we've sort of seen that it might be down a little bit. But who knows? I mean, they could have a crazy walk-up as well. So, uh, what, yeah, what I, I don't know. What reports have you seen? I've seen people that just mentioned that standing room only is still uh, pretty available as well, that the floor or that the floor had been sold out uh, and that standing room was still very available and that I think some of the upper deck was still available is stuff I've I've seen translated. Dave Meltzer said they sold that son of a bitch out last year. Remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, with all of that said, and that the reason I wanted to have this conversation, which is why I looked up all those attendances, yeah. was I kind of feel the same way. I kind of feel like it'll be flat or a little bit down or a little bit up, You know, kind of like last year. I don't think anything from about 32 to 38 – would surprise me. I think if they do, I think 40 is a good target for them. I think if they hit 40, I think that's a huge success. They haven't done 40 in God knows how long. And they, were, they did 29, you know, three years ago. So to go from 29 to 40 in three years would be pretty impressive, especially with the same match three times. You know what I mean? That, that's pretty impressive. But I kind of feel like it'll be flat like it was last year just based on the momentum of the company. With that said, that's some pretty compelling data that I just dug up that every time these guys have had a rematch, they've drawn more fans. So, you know, we'll we'll see if people are finally tired of it or not. Um, You know, if if the show does 27,000 fans, people are fucking tired of this match. You know what I mean? So, you know, we'll find out. I kind of... You know, last year I think I predicted 40. I figured they'd go from 35 to 40. They did not. They went from 35 to 36, which is essentially flat. I mean, I don't even count that as growth. I mean, you know, 1,000 fans. But this year, that's why I'm a little more tepid. Just the overall, you know, um, they've been pretty much flat all year. I mean, business. Yeah, and that, that's one of my big reasons. It hasn't gone up or down all year. Yeah, it'd just be weird. It'd be an out of nowhere spike if all of a sudden, you know, 10,000 extra people said, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go to the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just, that's not how New Japan's attendance has been this year. And that's. Wrestle you know, Kingdom kind of set the tone where right. they've kind of just done the same business as the year before. Not up, not down, not nothing. Just, you know, same. So, um, which is the theme of the company for a lot of people, you know, same. But. 
you know, so I, I'm kind of with you. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. Anywhere from 33 to 38 wouldn't surprise me. I think below 33, that's bad. That would be bad. Yes. I think anything above 30, 37, 38, anything above that would be considered a success. Anything that falls in that range, it's just nothing. I don't think it's bad or good. It just is. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think that's fair. All right. And as mentioned, we'll have coverage. Everything going on in Wrestle Kingdom you can find on the site, voicewrestling.com. Also follow us on Twitter at Voices Wrestling for that as well. All right. Let's get into Pro Wrestling Noah. Second week in a row, we're talking Pro Wrestling Noah. It's a Destiny 2015 show. It's got everybody hyped up, and uh, we've both seen the show, and it was a pretty damn good show. What were your thoughts overall before we uh, kind of go uh, match by match here? This was a lot like the 919 show in the sense that this was a Rich Crate special. There was nothing here that wasn't watchable. Um, you know, I, you, well, the opener. <laughs> I liked the opener. Not the opener. No, no, not the opener. Uh, not, no, the opener was fine. What was that? Uh, six-man tag. Yes, the six-man. Yeah, that was horrendous, but... I didn't think it was horrendous. I thought it was uh, perfectly watchable 10 minute filler. But I mean, I could definitely look. There was a lot of Saito and Quiet Storm grunting at one another. <laughs> I, I could really do it. Rich, I am not falling on a sword for this six man. <laughs> that's, a fu- that's fine. I mean. And then you had Genba. That was, oh, I felt so bad. He like built up the spot. <laughs> like he's, he gets, he's trying to go to the top rope and he's slapping the top rope, getting the crowd in. Come on, come on, get with me. You know, let's go, let's go. And everybody starts chanting and then he just falls off the top rope when he's trying to get to Kitsumi. And it's like the whole crowd. And I've never seen a Japanese crowd react that way either. Like they started like laughing and groaning too. That was like, usually they'll let a bot just kind of go. But this time they were like, no, you told us, you're like, you built this up for us and then fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, was, I don't even remember. This that match was an abortion. You don't remember that? I, I got to tell you, I don't know. I don't remember oh the spot we're talking about, no. But you're making Listen, it sound like it was – I yeah, I'm going to have to go back. Oh, and you, oh go back and watch. I mean that will be your favorite thing. You won't be able to unsee it once you see it. So Genba, he's, he's going to the top rope and he's, he's slapping the turnbuckle because the fans aren't really reacting. He's like, come on, let's go, you know, doing the, you know, the baby face build-up thing. And then he gets to the top rope like he's going to jump uh, to Kitamiya and then he like jumps but he misses him by like 10 feet. Like I don't know if Kitamiya wasn't in where he should be or Genba wasn't. And it wasn't didn't planned? Jump long enough. Uh, no, I, God, I, I no. I feel like I would have remembered this. I got no. no it was definitely not planned because both guys just like stared at one another for a second, and then like Kitamiya just started like kicking him or something like that. It was, it was, and the crowd was just like laughing as well. It's a, it's very rare that you get the Japanese crowd to just kind of, you know, chant Bachamania at them, but they they essentially did that as, as much as they can. Yeah, I don't know when it was, but there's some gifts of it too if you look for it. But uh, yeah, it was it was pretty good. But. So nine out of ten matches were wholly watchable and <laughs> right. enjoyable, which makes it a rich crate special. I mean, you know. But the thing is, I don't think it peaks. There's no match of the year contenders on this show. Um, there's a couple matches that flirted with like the four star mark, um, but overall, whole you know, just very enjoyable watch from start to finish. And I got to tell you, it's I think the nine nineteen Noah show may have peaked a little higher at certain points. But I have it right there neck and neck with that show, and I have that 919 Noah show as one of my top three shows of the year. Rich, I think this was one of the five best shows I watched this year. That might make It was really good. Yeah. It might make me sound crazy, and I might be crazy, but I'll tell you what. Let's let's compare it to some New Japan shows. Okay. With New Japan, almost every New Japan pay-per-view peaked higher than this show. But almost every New Japan pay-per-view had a lot of like, you know. Garbage that you forgot about in 10 minutes in the first half of the show. You know what I mean? This show was solid from start to finish, and I think it's kind of your theory. you rather have that show. It's like, what, do you, what would you rather have? The show that's solid from start to finish, which is wholly watchable from beginning to end, 
or the show that peaks really high and then has a bunch of shit that either right, you're falling asleep, you know, halfway through the show, you know, you don't have the energy anymore for that huge main event that's going to be great. Yeah, that's always my theory of, of having be well balanced. Do you think always. this was one of those shows since this absolutely. is the Rich Crage theory of Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. I mean, basically, you know, I, I enjoyed the opener for what it was. I mean, you know, it was kind of the young boys um, with, with some of the older guys. While it only went about seven minutes, I thought that was good. The second match, like I said, was one that I really didn't like. But then after that, it was ready to go. I mean, there was a little bit of a lull, I think, during the uh, – uh, the Go Shiozaki uh, Maybach and then the, the Segura Zuka matches. I, w- I was a little Let indifferent on those, Rich. but they weren't awful. I mean, they were That's quick the thing. and they did the story. They what the story was supposed to be. I don't know the Segura Zuka. I have a little bit of, but we'll get into that a little bit. But I thought Maybach and Go Shiozaki got a little bit long in the tooth. But when it was all said and done, the story made sense and it was okay for what it was. They were story matches. I wasn't going in going, oh, this. You know, I didn't think Maybach and Go was going to be an awesome sh- match. I thought it was going to be. You know, a story to get go over for the next level that he's trying to get to, you, and it worked for that. Absolutely. You know what I think about those two matches, and I was I was cringing when it was time for those two matches back to back. the The reason why those matches delivered is they were the best possible Maybach and Azuka matches that you could add. I mean, it's like aside from when they faced each other in the hardcore match, which was shockingly great. I mean, oh, it was the best match, but, best match ever. But if you're <laughs> just gonna have these guys in in random singles matches like this. You couldn't have asked for anything more. They, they never. I never lost interest in either match. They and and it, for Maybach and Azuka to hold your attention for ten minutes, that's a win in my opinion. Yeah. So and I didn't think they were bad matches. I thought they were like three star matches. You know what I mean? Like they they were fine. They, they I would even call, you know, the the Segura Azuka match. I would even call. I mean, both of them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be scared to call them good. They were just good matches. Yeah. They were yeah. They're both good. Good little three star yep. matches. But yeah. So how do you want to? And then after that, it was all great. I mean, everything else from that point on, I thought was, was you, you know, I, I, great might be a little strong, but at least re- very good. I think is, is is perfectly okay, right? You know what I mean? Like you know what it over was? three and a half. It was a yeah. bunch of very good matches that added up to a great package. Yeah, yeah, is what it was. Now, how do you want to attack this? You want to start from the top or the bottom? What do you uh, want it's to up do? to you. What, what do you want to do here? Do you have the card in front of you? I do. Well, all right, l- let's do it. Yeah, let's go, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Well, let's do the whole thing. Yeah, we can get through it pretty. Pretty easily. Want me to walk you through it? Let me walk you through it. I got yeah. it in front of me. Okay, so the opener was Hitoshi Kumano and Yoshinori Ogawa versus uh, Keito Kiyomiya and, Yoshi- and uh, Yoshihiro Takayama. The story here is you got the two grimy old veterans teaming with the two you know, young boys. And uh, Kiyomiya especially is brand new this year. Kumano, it's almost time to stop calling him a young boy. I mean, he's going into his fourth or fifth year here, uh, but he's still you know, a bottom guy and, and he's still treated like a young boy. But this is why I like this match a lot. It almost felt like Kiyomiya had something to prove, and he didn't want to tag out of the match. This was basically a Kiyomiya Kumano singles match. Yeah, yeah, those guys got in. The, the older, the old farts got in for a little bit, and then they kind of <laughs> walked away, and they never came back. Really, they were kind of on the outside for a lot of it. Ogawa tagged in once. Yeah, took a drop kick, tagged back out to Kumano. Takiyama, I think, tagged in once. And then he wanted to tag back in, but Kiyomiya would not tag him in. And I have no idea what the commentators were saying, but it, it seemed to me that was the story of the match, where Kiyomiya was determined to prove himself um, uh, in this match. And, 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 and that's it's sort of how it played out. And it's like, that's the feel that I got from the match. I don't know if that's the feel you got, but it's like, Ogawa and Takayama didn't even need to be there. I mean, why were they even there? I mean, they, they both tagged in once, and the match only went five or six minutes or whatever it was. So I just thought it was an interesting story from a non-traditional uh, storytelling perspective.
Oh, sorry. I agree. I was muted. Sorry. I apologize. And Krejci was muted. Let's move on to the six man, which Krejci hated and talked about a little bit. So I'll skip. <laughs> I'll give my- it was fine other than when those two. It's Saito and Quiet Storm. I- Quiet Storm. I, I Fuck that guy. I, this was the first match where I finally, and I don't like the guy at all, but this is one where I was like, he is one of the worst. I, I mean, the without a doubt, the cringiest guy, I think, in the world of wrestling right now. Who? Is that, is that too out of control to say Quiet Storm is? Um. I tweeted that I think we're all too hard on Quiet Storm. No, we're not. I don't, we're not hard. Now listen, Quiet. hear me out, Rich. Hear me out. I don't think he's good or anything. Okay, but I don't think he's like. I think he's sort of become this lightning rod for all that is terrible about about uh, you know like the Noah roster or and he's kind of a fun guy to make fun of because he was like an ROH guy like. In the ancient, you know, original days or whatever, and he was like a this northeast indie guy, and he's still hanging. Around. It's just a bizarre guy to be on the Noah roster in 2016, right? It's like, why is he there? What is his purpose? But I watch the guy work, and I'm never like impressed by him or blown away by him or anything. But he really isn't terrible. I mean, what does he do that's terrible? Uh, grunt constantly. He grunts and, a lot. There's no question. And be a horrible pro wrestler. I think that'd probably be. What does he do well? I, maybe I'll ask you. I don't. I don't know. That's the thing. I'm not arguing that he's... he runs like a fucking weirdo. I mean, he like I don't know what he's trying to do. I don't know what his like. At one point, he's grunting and screaming, and then like the next point, he's jumping off the ropes real quick to hit like a strong lariat or whatever. I, I just, I yeah, I, uh, I just the whole package. I think is just fucking horrendous. Rich, but I'm not arguing that the fella is good. I'm just <laughs> simply arguing that he may not be as awful as everyone thinks he is. I think he's every bit as awful, but but but, cl- we'll but clearly you disagree, which uh, which I guess is fine. Look, this was a nothing match. It didn't offend me like it did you. I guess I didn't. I missed that miss spot, but um, you know. And for an Akatoshi Saito match to not offend me is saying something. But um, you know, interesting thing here though, Rich, to pay attention to. Yone got the pin. Yep. And he's going to be teaming with Nakajima moving forward. They got some big matches coming up in January as a tag team. I think they're going to do a little something with Yone here as in the tag team with Nakajima, which I don't have a problem with. I think that's an interesting pairing. I don't know how you feel about that. You kind of have like the younger guy with the older guy. Yeah. Um, someone said it on Twitter earlier today, but they could have like a weird charisma, those two. And I think that's kind of true. I think that's, there's, there's, there's a possibility. Yeah, they're kind of an odd couple, but it works. Yeah, it's, it's interesting in that way. All right, so in the Saito Kitamiya Yone side defeated the uh, Captain Noah Genba Quiet Storm yes. side. Kano versus O'Hara. I love this. It may have been yeah, the best right. match on the show. Um, this was exactly what it should have been a, a violent bomb throwing sprint. I thought both guys were great here. And, um, you know, I think also that the right guy won. What did you think of this match? Yeah, I thought this was my favorite match of the night. Um... And that's, you know, again, like I said, everything was at least pretty good and it had this like, you know, pretty decent range or whatever. But this one really stood out to me. And I just I, I love I love the idea that, you know, they start off the first minute or so was like, OK, we'll kind of feel each other out. And then it just never did. Then it was like we're two tag partners and, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, longtime friends or whatever. We're just going to go at it. We're just going to give each of our, you know, our, our best. We're just going to, you know, try to top the other guy. I thought the story was perfect, that these guys worked well. 
Uh, everything, I, I thought everything from top to bottom w- w- was fantastic with it. The finish was a little weird just because I don't like uh, uh, Kano's finish. It, it's just kind of weird. It doesn't really, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he didn't hit it right here. It just doesn't quite register with me. I, that's the only thing that I didn't necessarily like, but from, from top to bottom, other than that, that little finish. And that's, that's me making a minor gripe about how his finish looks, which, which doesn't really matter. From the standpoint, though, I mean, you can't ask for more in an 11-minute match. Like, like a sub-15-minute match to have as much as it had here was, was incredible. But, yeah, this was my match tonight. I, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's, I, I don't really have much to add. It was everything that it should have been. It delivered precisely how I hoped it would deliver. And we don't know this. I don't know if we know this yet. I'm trying to look at the future cards, but this pretty much sets up Cano for the next uh, title shot. Yeah, and he, I think they, uh, I think the translations were that he made it clear that he wanted the, the title as well, that he was going after it. So I, th- I think he is. So I don't know but, if the match is set up yet, but that's definitely where they're going. So, and, sure. And, yeah. and, and, and I like that they, you know, they shook hands when they were done. Yeah, they held each other out of the arena. <laughs> yeah, it was like, all right, I beat you, so let's go. It's yeah. like the Okada uh, Nakamura G1 match where Okada just slapped the mat and said, fuck, man, you got the better of me. All right, bro. Yeah. And then they like bro-fisted, and that was that. That was kind of the, the same feel here, you know? So I, I like that. Go Shiozaki versus Maybach. Now, what surprised me about this was how much Shiozaki sold in this match. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it was the more I thought about it, here's the thing about Maybach. None of us like him, right? Like he he sucks. Let's be honest. He's he's he isn't any good. I think Quiet Storm's better than Maybach. How about that? Is that controversial? <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, I wonder what people would say. I'm I'm curious what our fan. I I think he's worse, but that's. I don't want to get into that. We don't need this. That'll be another show where we'll have the Quiet Storm Maybach. <laughs> so anyway, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll flesh out debate. I'll flesh out my point. But but the thing is, even though we all hate Maybach, here's the thing. He's booked – he's not booked like the scrub that we view him as. He's kind of booked as that upper mid-card gatekeeper guy where, look, he gets title shots from time to time. You know what I mean? Like he gets GHC title shots. So he's a guy who they push. He, you know what he is? He's Noah's bad luck folly. That, yep, that, he's a gatekeeper. Yep. That is what he is. And you kind of go through this guy to get to the top of the card. Like you have to go through bad luck folly from time to time to get back into the mix in New Japan. And that was the story of the match. And you know what? I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? It's like Shiozaki had beaten all the lower card guys. And now he had to go through, okay, from a, from a storyline like kayfabe perspective, this was a test. And he had to pass the test and go through this guy. So it made sense that he, that he wrestled the match from underneath. What do you think of that? Yeah, I'm with you. I think so as well. And I think that that's what I think is the story that they're kind of given as well uh, without knowing all the translations or whatnot is that Shiozaki's almost kind of – he's coming in here almost like a new guy. Like like he – you know what I mean? Like we sort of know him as Go Shiozaki. You know, he was the All-Japan champion not that long ago. He's this sort of guy. They're kind of having him build himself up like he is just this guy on the bottom or whatever. He doesn't quite know all these – you know what I mean? Like that's sort of what I think. that It's like his first time with all these guys. First time – you know, of course we know that there's more to that than the story, but – I, I kind of like it. I, it was like, okay, this Maybach guy, he's, he's a tough guy. I mean, you don't just beat him in two seconds. Like, I, I'm a guy who, who's who got him to work my way up the ladder, and, and part of the ladder is Maybach. And it's not just the guy you, like you said, in, in one minute you just beat him and, and, and it's over with. I mean, I like that story. He kind of came in like a young boy or whatever, Go Shiozaki, like a guy who really, really needed to prove himself and 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 – this was a good job. I think, yeah, I, I, I liked it. I, like initially about halfway through the match, I was going, man, why is he selling so much? And then I sort of got it. And I said, okay, no, Go Shiozaki is coming in as, as a nothing. He's coming in as a zero. And when you think of that story, it's fine. I mean, you don't need this guy just buzzsawing through the roster. It kind of works this way. So, yeah, I, I'm with it. I'm cool with it. 
So Shiozaki passes that test, and then we'll talk more about him later. The next match was Takashi Segura versus T- Takashi Izuka. And look, this was very watchable for an Izuka match. The problem I have this, with this match, and the problem that I suspect that you have with this match, is you have Segura in this absolute war against this Suzuki Gun guy, and then an hour later he's joining them in what yeah. in what felt like a predetermined plan by Suzuki Gun. Now, if that's the case, why would he get into this blood f- match against Suzuki? Choking each other, each other with ropes whatnot, and everything yeah. else that bothers yeah. me. I'm sorry, but that bothers me. That doesn't it make sense. It did for me, too. It really hurt this match for me as well. Knowing because I watched it a little bit out of order. I went back. And had I not known, I probably would have thought, hey, this is not bad. It's you know, a little brawl or whatever. But knowing what had happened later in the show, this one lost a lot for me. This is what I would call maybe uh, this in the second match would be my truly like mediocre or not good matches on this card. And that wasn't really against the work. It was just knowing the story that was going to happen. It kind of hurt me. But Yeah, it didn't. Uh, it, it just didn't make sense. Um you know, uh, later on when he when he did the turn, like you know, then why was he trying to kill this guy so badly? It, you know, I would have had no problem with hot shotting this turn had Sugera simply faced a non Suzuki Gun wrestler on this show. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Why did he have to face Suzuka? You know what I mean? It's like do something else with Suzuka, or just leave him off the fucking show, and have Sugera go up against somebody else in this match, or 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 you know, someone else earlier on the show, pull someone from that six man, anything. You know what I mean? Taki, it was weird. Yeah. Takiyama would have been a good choice. You know, he's just facing a. You know, it would have been an interesting matchup. I don't know the last time they've whoever put him in there with anybody, and then the turn doesn't look so like, ugh, come on. It's like, you know, and and it wouldn't have been any less of a surprise. Would it have been any less of a surprise? Absolutely not. So I just I don't like it from that perspective. Nakajima and Shelton Benjamin. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna tell you what I loved about this match right off the bat. I don't know if you picked up on this when you watched it, if you had your volume up or whatever. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. Shelton Benjamin. Very My headphones were, were, were shouting with, with Shelton Benjamin telling me to go fuck myself and I beat you in the middle of the ring and what are you going to do about it? And I beat you already. That was, that was good stuff. He got in Nakajima's face before this match even started <laughs> and he said, I already beat you two times. I don't even know why I'm in the fucking ring with you. <laughs> Grumpy Shelton Benjamin is the best Shelton Benjamin. I mean, this guy is just fantastic. He's right up there with racist Shelton Benjamin when he when he uh, remember when uh, Yoshi uh, Tatsu's debut in uh, in uh, ECW. Uh, Yoshi yeah, I don't see. I don't remember oh, that. You oh my god, you never saw that. Rich, I don't think I ever did. You have to watch that immediately. Oh, when show no, never on. mind. Never mind. I remember now. Yes, when he was like, I do remember yeah, that. Was, now. Yeah, that was that was bad. <laughs> racist Shelton Benjamin. You know, he was like mocking him for being Asian and yeah, he was I remember calling him now. Godzilla and using the the movie the movie Japanese voice. You Godzilla, me whatever, you know. And, and, yeah, no, no, I remember that. Yeah, uh, Yoshi Tatsu with Poor this, Tatsu has no idea what he's saying. Either. Tatsu just standing there like an idiot, and then he spin kicks him and pins him immediately. Yeah, so that was racist, Shelton Benjamin. Uh, but yeah, and then you know, this went just how we figured. I mean, he's he had the two wins over Nakajima. We talked about it last week, and then you you know you kind of had to figure Nakajima, who was going to win this one, and then in a nice little surprise, the next day he officially signed with Noah. So they you know they finally might do something with Nakajima here. He's not a freelancer anymore. He's officially on the roster. He uh, puts this Shelton Benjamin thing behind him, and now he's going to team with Yone, and we'll see where they go with this. So I'm kind of excited about that, and I thought this was a nice little match. A little dry in the middle, 
but I thought it got off to a... It did get a little dry, yeah. It got a little dry, but I think the beginning and the end were, were more than made up for it. Real good start, and then when they did that spot where Shelton Benjamin jumped up to the top rope and flung Nakajima across the ring, which was one of the best spots of the night, one of the best spots you'll see all year in pro wrestling, uh, to be completely honest. Great spot. The match picked up from there, and uh, they had themselves... That's a spot that never gets... like You know what I mean? Like we've, I, I've seen that probably... I mean, this one was on a different level, but you've seen Shelton do that... You know, hundreds of times in his career, but every time he does it, like you forget that he can do it. It just, it always pops me every single time. It gets me popped. I don't know how or why, but I love it. This wasn't even the suplex. He just flung him this time. Yeah, no, he like flung him halfway across the. Like I thought Nakajima was gonna slide out of the ring. To be honest, like yeah, and Nakajima really flew for him, and it was a great looking spot. And again, you know, one thing that you're looking at, aside from what we just complained about with Sugera joining the men who he was just battling. A lot of good booking on this card too. Yeah, you know, a lot of good booking on this card. Good directions. It seems like everyone's got everyone's some good got directions. directions. Well. Yeah. You know, we'll talk yeah. about the cards coming up in a little bit, but I mean, a lot of good booking here. We're going to keep talking about that. Uh, okay, business end of the card. Four title matches. We had Kotoge and Harada giving their the rematch clause. Rich, it was the rematch yep. clause against Desperado and Taka. Look, this wasn't as good as the October match that these two teams no, had, but I thought it was close. I thought it was a very good match, a shade below the October match, which I was ranting and raving about last week. I, I love that match. And this one, was, this one was very good. I think a smidge below, though. What would you think? I, I, I'm with you, too. I, I think maybe not a smidge. I think it was a pretty good distance below that one. Uh, but I like this a lot. I thought, I thought it was good. And I think Desperado and Tegu, uh, uh, Teguchi Taka uh, really stood out to me as well. And I mean, I know, I, of course, Harada and, and Katoge are, are great, but... I you know and we, we I think we mentioned it last week as well. I mean, if you haven't watched the Del Desperado Takamichi 